everyone. This is Kevin, and this is Plot Armor. We're finally at Plot Armor for Unknown Treasures. We all made it out alive. Somehow. Just so, just in case you like started here and didn't know where else. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Plot Armor is is our into the game, uh, into the book, I guess, uh, kind of overall review of what we did during the game. This was a little different because I was a GM, a first time ever GM. Um, and I'll actually tell you what was in the book and what wasn't. So that'll be, a, I think it's a fun aspect of this Thanks. plot armor. The other thing is that this plot armor is that applause for you. It's a little overdue and I'm so sorry. Uh, overdue how Kev? Yeah. What are you talking Explain. about? It all went in a, in a good thing. Well, I think my, my conservative estimate of how long this podcast would take was 13 episodes. And this, hmm. this is, after episode 53. So we're 40 episodes over my estimate. Four zero. Kevin, I don't think you need to apologize or anything because again, we are driving the story. So you don't need to just be like, hey, <laughs> keep going. Well, this is a topic I've had conversations about was like when I was younger and wasn't making much money, like whenever I had a video game, I was like, man, I would buy a $60 video game. That took me like four and a half hours to afford or whatever the co- you know, whatever the, the amount was, 10 hours, but I get 80 hours out of it. And I was like, man, that was, that was cost effective to buy that video game and play it. So if you're listening to our podcast, I know it costs nothing to you, but I stretched that game out so long that it was worth it. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, no, yeah. but I think, I think it's fun to talk about. So like we're playing, we're playing through threefold conspiracy on our main game. And at one point, John and I started talking about like, I, I want to run a game. I've never run a game, run a game before. And I think it'd be fun for me to try and record it. And uh, we came up with this idea, but we also came up with the idea like, well, what if we put one of our, what if we pull a side character and we make this, this game about a side character and that character we decided to come with was Rolu, which Rolu was a character from Kelly. Kelly, you oh, just sure. create, tell us a little bit how, like when you were writing, writing the intro to the first episode of we'll save the podcast. Woo. I, I hate to disappoint you again because we, we talked about it a little bit once, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah the uh, yeah literally I just needed I was writing here's a story and I was like mm, here's sort of needs like a motivation to do X Y or Z and he also needs something given to him for his story so I was like I can accomplish this in what these two things with one person and then I created Rolu whose name actually this is how much thought I put into Rolu originally. His name, like, I don't know why I was thinking of those, like, that. there's these, like, little disc candies that are named Rolos or something. And for some reason, that, like, originally, <laughs> I love Rolos. Like, made me think. Yeah, yeah, that. Caramel-filled wow. This is how much chocolate. I thought about Rolu. Yeah. Rolo's dope. That, that was actually the name of my um, Roomba for a hot minute because it looks like a Rolo candy. Now, now it's got, now you got to call him Rolu for sure. But like, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, so then I just made him this brawny, kind dude. And uh, I just needed him to die, and I needed him to give Hears a puck. Well, he died. He died well. He did die very well. It was a spoil alert. If you haven't listened to Will Save the Podcast, Rolu dies. We know yeah, that. Sorry. In fact, Rolu knew that because Rolu is yeah. a precog, and he was able to see that in his mind's eye. And apparently there's something to do with the veil. And that's how we did our last episode was there was the veil and a character that only Kelly and I knew of named the narrator. That is literally the title we gave him because I love that title so much. Um, But we'll talk about it at the very end. You got to stick around. But what I want to do for this plot armor, 
since I'm running the show, I am still kind of the GM, right? Um, I yeah, dude. I would take, take us. I would take us all the way back to the very beginning, the very, very beginning. Until you die, or we find somebody better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which well. is which? Which was going to be something that we were going to incorporate. Was it? In was that, it? That, that was from Starship Troopers, <laughs> but it never happened. <laughs> Sorry, that was wow. just me being funny. It was in, wow, it was in the a, script, but you guys threw the script out the window. We'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But wow. All right. Okay. Cut so that. rewinding all the way back to the very beginning <laughs> of the show. We are at low power, right? So our characters are only. It starts at, at level one. This is a. G, this book, Junkers Delight, is a fantastic book written by Jason Keeley. Again, thank you for joining us on the show. He joins us at the very end. It was. It's written for new GMs. It's great. It has all these side comments and notes that tell you, like, hey, it's your first time GMing, so like, make sure you tell this. One of them was like, hey, double check radiation rules before you go into this combat, which I missed. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> some other fun stuff like that. But one thing I want to note is like. Rolu, when we dropped him into this this game, Rolu starts off at level one, but like he's not weak, if that makes sense. He is a seasoned pirate that's been out in space for you know twenty years probably at this point. But he's coming to this game as as only level one, and I think that I just wanted to scale that idea. Like we as as this podcast, I don't think we've ever reached above level five. Mm. Just an idea there is level scaling. <laughs> what about what are you trying to say? I want to add something to the roller thing. One, one, I did develop one part of his character only, really, that John has done very well at, which is um, he was—he's a master of espionage. Like um, he is very capable of doing great evil. Um, and I, maybe the viewer has might have differing opinions on whether he's good or bad or how well he uses those. But I was just impressed to see John flesh him out so well. And I, I love John's direction. portrayal of him. Yeah. Like the, the gentleman I think, pirate. I think I got a little too close to the sun, maybe a method actor, because now I just feel like I know Rolo's mannerisms and, and motivations that even when I'm improving lines, I will say something and then later I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that was cool. And then as we'll see, some of you are like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I literally thought I was just doing something normal, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just, it, if, if, if I'm in a roller mood, I'm just sus. That's it. If you think about the beginning of threefold, like very first book, you opened with vignettes on each of the characters. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like this entire adventure has informed here's his vignettes so much. Right. And that was the plan. It was, this is, yep. this is a story about Rolu, but it's a story about Rolu's connection to here's and what, yeah. And we, we talk about that. We and we'll get into that a little bit later too. And I think along with that is here's is a is a former free captain. So what I chose to do for this this run, this very short run, was to put four pirates on Akiton and let them run through Junker's Delight. I went to each of you and said, Hey, you're, I'm gonna build you guys are gonna build pirates. Here's the idea, like blah blah blah. And it's funny because I think with Terme. I was trying to do something clever and like throw, I was like, oh yeah, this is, Will, tell us about your character and the captain speaks and you guys were all supposed to go, wow, he's the captain, but that wasn't it. But it's funny because Will, Will doesn't take anything as just a short. (laughs) What? I don't know what you there mean. There are no throwaways with Will. Uh-uh, that's no. true. That's true. I don't know we'll what that really even together. means. Like, oh, yeah. And so Gold, Goldhorn is just so larger than life. He's He's so developed and so amazing. I want to see more of Goldhorn, and that's on John's shoulders there. That is true. That would be amazing to see. I love Goldhorn. I wish we got to see more of him, in fact. I would love to serve under a captain like him. He's super cool. 
Would be fun. Yeah. Ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean the the n- noir, noir. Mm-hmm. They're they're a uh, complicated uh, species, race, whatever, however you slice it. That's quite interesting, and it seems perfect for a captain. So it just it flowed naturally, just from the rich Starfinder exposition of both uh, the lore as well as the like sort of traits that different species come come with yeah i I thought like gold horn was just like a a very menacing foreboding kind of figure in space i agree he was perfect fueled by this sort of like beastly sort of drive the atmosphere of every scene he's in is incredible like the steam or smoke coming off of him the glow of his eyes i think it is if i'm not it's got like bright pink eyes yeah. yeah yeah it's always like very often set in like a dark room it's like that is the most memorable cold. imagery to me of a character in uh, mm-hmm. ut is mm-hmm. for sure cold one well yeah. he's, he's like in a meat locker because he likes it cold so his like there's just steam rising off of him at all times like mm-hmm. he was amazing and he was such an amazing addition to the caduceus which was also a hey i i tossed it as just as as an assignment to Vinny. i was like Vinny, make me a ship that's all I told him. Make me a ship. And you came up with this amazing, you know, development and that turns into like a life form of its own because the Caduceus is and the living, breathing, you know, amalgamation of all you guys and your crew and, you know, piracy in general. But yeah. It was beautiful. So like from from concept, like I wanted Caduceus to have an underlying meaning, not just a cool name. So like if uh, thinking through what we might use for symbolism turns to Greek mythology. So like, um, or uh, I think it was Hermes. I'm going to Google this cause I don't want to screw this up. Layman Carl Hermes. Hermes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hermes. So Hermes was the uh, Greek God of basically piracy and, but I didn't want to go straight there. So I was trying to figure out symbols that might be related to Hermes and his staff kept coming up. The Caduceus, the staff, uh, most people would associate with like medical mm. assistance. So like mm-hmm. healing, uh, as well as, you know, doctors and rehabilitation. So I think it, it's actually, uh, in hindsight, <laughs> been really interesting to see how Rolu's image has gone from this of such a treasonous character to like, he's actually got his reasons and it makes perfect sense. It's- it's Alleged, so yeah. so telling. It's crazy. It's it's so interesting. Like it's almost like I always say, like the dice, the dice rolls tell the story. But like we didn't intend for all these things to happen. Again, this this was supposed to be a throwaway side session about Rolu giving a stone to Hears. Throwaway. That's at least when I first started t- talking about it. That's what it was. <laughs> and it, it's that's what you wanted it to be. So much more <laughs> yeah. than that. You guys just take things so far and so deep. Um, no, it's I, like it's an interstellar tale from yeah. the galactic adventure anthology. And I, I actually, I love it. I love, I love. And it all was four unknown characters to you. <laughs> and it was unknown. And it might have been and called a treasure to some. Kelly, what was the real treasure along the way? It was the puck. It was Who the puck the whole time, man. Like I, I yeah, yeah I, it was the puck. I mean, and actually, I mean the real. Yeah, what the fuck, Kevin? <laughs> the real, wait, is there more to it than the puck? The real treasure is Jack's crotch. That's, that's right. It's, exactly it's still Jack's a, copies. Yeah. That's that's actually how he ended the episode was just like zooming in on his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like bing, bing, bing. 
it like starts subtly glowing blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I mean, maybe knowing who, for Thaddeus, it's like knowing who you're, tr- stay sticking to your commitments, I guess, all of you, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, didn't do that. That's the only thing really Thaddeus learned, I think. And besides, well, confirming the rules. Yeah, to my to, from his perspective. I have a lot to say about the the end of uh, the show and Thaddeus, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Fair enough. You technically fulfilled your commitments, although that's a clause I wasn't aware about of the free captains. It's kind of weird. <laughs> not going to lie. You could just leave the crew when you're on land. That's what, that's what it says. I, 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 and I, for, for my sake, uh, I posted those the tenets of the free captains all over the place. It was on each one of your guys's yeah. uh, notes. It was, I put it several times in the chat. I put it all over the place. So you knew what the free captain tenants are. Right. I even had will read them out for us. <laughs> you know, what's funny, Kev as Terme, I think mm-hmm. I also mentioned that there was another cargo bay. Like I, I said that's, it, that's a lie. <laughs> like I, that was a lie. Was like, that was oh, I said it, that this is like, and then you know, it's just crazy how things happen. You know, you're like, oh, whoa! It always gets back to that other cargo bay. Yeah, I don't. I still need that T-shirt. Yeah. The other cargo bay. We, um, that'll be in our merch for sure. We'll have a <laughs> other cargo bay. We should have that. Yeah. All right. So moving forward, we have the ship. We have the captain. Now we have the crew, and we entered. I started that first episode with you guys, each telling me. How, you know, I, I introduced each of you, and you told a little bit about yourselves. We have Rolu. Uh, who is the the chief of the boat, the Cobb, and uh, who's a new Cobb to the boat. And then we have Thaddeus, who's the weapons officer. Chalk is still not a title for Chalk. He is kind of just the captain's plant. Yeah. Yeah. Formerly. Um, He's formerly. (laughs) Formerly captain's plant. Yeah, formerly. And then we have Terme, who's the yeoman officer, the, the the person in charge of personnel, essentially. Those again, I pulled all those. I pulled all those titles from my experience on a submarine, and I was using it, the like life aboard the Caduceus was a submarine, and you guys made life fun of me for all arms my, art, right? Um, yes. But I had you guys just basically dropped off. I I was like, okay, the four of you are sent on a mission by the captain, given three words, uh, and I don't have those written down right here, but it was basically find Otrulu. Or kill Dutrulu, find the riddle, and dr- draw him out. So, using the riddle, you can draw out Dutrulu. And I drop you into Kafak Depot. And actually, I dropped you guys into Maro and made you drive into Kafak Depot because nothing can fly in Kafak Depot. Why is that? Allegedly. I made that shit up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For some convenience. Uh, right. Cool. Yeah. You wanted us to be on a bus. Right. I wanted you to be on a bus. I didn't like the idea like of you it. being able to fly around. I just wanted something yeah. to be. There was something going on in Kafak Depot that prevented things from flying. Just want to make our experience as uncomfortable as possible. But yeah. Part yeah. of it was that it got resolved in the end. That very last scene was Thaddeus watching a ship you take jumping? off. You jumping? I'm jumping. We'll, we'll get there. Right. Yeah. But it was a rocket taken off. So I wanted to resolve that. So there was, there was something holding everything down and now it's released. Uh, what that was, well, that's open to huh. interpretation. So you guys are dropped off in um, Morrow. You're bust into Kafak Depot. When you get to Kafak Depot, the book is very open-ended. It's just like, hey, let them explore the town. And I was like, no, f*** that. Uh, <laughs> I'm a first-time GM. You guys aren't exploring and yet you still got fixated on the water dealer and I had to make a bunch of shit on the spot. Thank you guys for doing that kind of stuff. But I finally was able to redirect you guys back to the riddle after I introduced you to the arena and I showed. Okay. Frog. 
if I might, as a player, like if you drop me into the desert and give me a character called the water dealer, yeah, and yeah. ask me to pretend he's not a big deal, like no, that, yeah. that has it's, it's to not, be. I think like, they are not. No, that has binary. big bad evil guy written all over it. It's not. I almost asked Merc and Kesh that at the end. You're like, hey, by the way, uh, is this that water, water dealer? Person? Yeah. Let me like put that to the camera for you guys. Uh, that's the water dealer. That's the water dealer. That's Beautiful a- artwork. Um, I'd have to look up exactly who that drew that because it doesn't say on this page. But um, like, are they a nefarious character? They could tr- just like they live in the desert and they control all of the water in Kafak Depot. So think about that. Like sure. they, you live in a in a waterless region, and water is life. And so they control that. Whether or not they're nefarious is is to be told by the story. And I wasn't ready to go there. <laughs> they had nothing to do with this adventure. So I, I didn't want to let you guys go down that route. And I had it's to very quickly redivert you. I finally told you about a riddle, the riddle. And turns out the riddle is not a, it wasn't a question. It wasn't some kind of trick. Riddle is a rat, a Yosoki, uh, a character. And that's actually how the book starts is Riddle is being beaten up in an alleyway and you guys yep. save that's her. Right. That's how the book starts. That's how I ran it. Um, I love it. Lots of conversations about how much cover is provided by a vehicle in mm-hmm. narrow yeah. alleyways. Yeah, and, and uh, how much, how fast a vehicle can move in one action. Yeah, wasn't there something about how like the vehicle just pulled up and then everybody just basically yes. ran towards it? And, and, like, and, and then it pulled away. <laughs> All in like the course, just some like, hand wavy, like yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, speed doesn't fun. matter here. We're, we were like, yeah, no, it's fine. Three episodes in at that point, I think, and you guys were like, "That's not how GMing works." And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> in in the book, it doesn't like the game doesn't have the car there. It just mentions the car and says like they run mm-hmm, down the alleyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be more intense, so I put the car a little closer and actually dropped it on the map. And it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed you yeah. like getting yeah, really angry good. about the fact that we were complaining about it. Right. It's really funny. <laughs> Which, <laughs> thank you, Adam. Uh, he's coming up late on the on the, the game and he's going back and reading and he's telling me that I'm I was right in a lot of things is the way I got oh, his messages. Okay. Thank you, well, Adam from SDS. Awesome. Um no, but I like that for you, man. I think I think for the most part I was my goal was initially like oh, I'm gonna stick to this book. I'm a new GM, I don't know anything. I'm gonna like play the book out by the book, but I was like, no, I want to throw in a little bit of flair. I want to make it my own. And that was the start of it. I added a car. And when I had to get people in the car, I had to skip some rules and throw people in the car anyways. And props to you for doing that. That was like, that was cool. Like, it's really hard to just take a book and be like, yeah. I'm going to do it exactly as it is. I'm not going to change anything. It's and hard. you it's hard. were like, that's what I'm going to do. But then you found something. And then like your brain was like, I like that. That's cool. And you changed it. I got to say, Kevin, yeah. like I enjoyed the it's good that you did a lot of things that were kind of adding your own flavor, whether it's like new yeah. characters, new mobs, annoyingly. Uh, and then like, uh, but all, all this stuff, it's a lot to do. I imagine for your first time as a GM to like yeah. add extra. That's kind of cool. It was, it was a lot more than I expected on some scenes. And I'm thankful yep. again for our paralegals and, and finder yeah. and Adam were really helpful. Cause they were like willing to open junkers delight and give me insight. I'm like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. having a problem with this scene. They're like, what page of the book? And would really nice. like, l- you know, walk me through it. But I still, yeah. I put myself down some dark alleyways a couple of times. But <laughs> that's part of it. You found your way out. Yeah, and it was also tricky because I think the book, the book kind of gives like three different options for how characters get dropped into this venture, and you guys didn't necessarily fit into I- any of them. 
Is that because so we guess, were pirates? Or? Uh, I'd have to look up exactly what the three options were. I thought we would do a lot more piracy when you came to us <laughs> and were like, we need to make a pirate crew. Yeah. I yeah. thought we would be sailing on ships, taking over some, taking some booty. I agree with that. The thing is like, yeah, you know, like Goldhorn probably did some piracy to get his initial control over this place. And we were like right. his crew that went in and fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I was, I was honestly, I was leaving that super vague so that John could fill in the gaps if he wanted to. Hmm. But I have this idea of for who Goldhorn is. Um, and we'll see where that goes. The book has three different types. There's discount treasure seekers. There are friends of the family and there are looking for steady work. So the idea is that you know, there's, there's low level characters. The first one is like, Hey, we're just going to go look for some treasure. And the junkyards of Kafak Depot is a great place to do that. The other one is like a friend of the family told you, Hey, I need you to go look for this for my sake, which I think that's the one you guys fit into the most. The friend of the family being the captain. And the last one was just looking for steady work where going to Kafak Depot, there might be something for you to do. Yeah. I could see why we don't drop in any of those super cleanly. Um, Kevin was there in the story an actual treasure that's written in that because we're coming from a different direction, we didn't find the, the treasure. Or is it the drift thing? Yeah. Oh, spoil alerts. If you're listening to this oh, and you've never uh, run yeah. or played junkers, the light stop now before I f- tell you how this goes. Um, <laughs> but y- yes, in the, well, no, in the book, it, it really goes by Vari. Vari 13 is looking for information about the drift drive and that drift drive exists and it's on that ship. So we'll get to that later on about how the book diverts from, or how I diverted from the book. So Mm, um, cool. So at this point, you guys fought off the true warriors once. You saved uh, Vari 13. Sorry, you you saved Riddle. Riddle tells you about Vari 13 and says like, hey, she's been missing. Logan, is that who he said his name was? I forget. Lorgan. Lorgan. It was Morgan with an L. Uh, Lorgan. Morgan. Lorgan. Lorgan, rest in peace, was made up by me. Um, So in in the book, yeah, again, we followed the book at that point, and you guys got into another fight with with the true warriors in the alleyway. And that was pretty by the book until, you know, they ran away and, got into the car that's that was me using my gm powers um and then you guys headed out to the car yards and uh yeah the car yards getting into the car yards it does talk about the guy with the kafak dogs at the front yeah um and it says like he he's basically an informant for the true warriors um that first kafak fight i before we hop into that can i talk about can i ask about the choice to reveal to us as players yes, please do. things that that's we what didn't I'm observe. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, Kevin. Go ahead, Vinny. Because <laughs> like I, I found it really interesting because I as a player, like it was the first time I've experienced it where like something that my player character didn't see was revealed off screen to me as the player. Like what? What do you mean? So like we you- we moved on from the Kafak dog dude. And into then, the junkyards. And then you were very explicitly had a vignette of him like pulling out his device to communicate to the true warriors. Exactly. Hey, this is what's going on, but we aren't supposed to know about that. I I, I mean I'm I'm a first time GM, so I don't know what the yeah. norm is for GMing, There's but like norm. it's whatever you want. Right. right. I I was looking at this as like the a game you want to play. Right. And I was I was kind of playing this from like a movie perspective. 
I, from what I understand of, of, you know, filmography and, and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, you guys, the scene happens, we follow the characters away, but we're going to cut back to this detail was kind of how I played that scene. I like it. Kelly. Yeah. I played. There's some discussion on like the fact that we all like rolled really, really high, like sense motive and other things like that. And then I think we also might have done a check on the person. I can't remember, but there were a lot of things we did. And you're like, oh man, you guys raised right. all of those rolls. <laughs> right, like, and all I, of us thought he was shady. He was. Yeah, and there's there's like, no, his character board, exists. Fine. Yeah, you're, you're good. That's not exactly what I said. I said I was. He was being straightforward with you that he's. I forget exactly uh, how it goes. I'll have to go listen to the episode weird. again. To the point where his when actual we, occupation yeah. was selling fuck dogs, right. which is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's also an informant for the True Warriors, which we right. were specifically like. I wonder if he's an informant for the True Warriors, and then I think we rolled yeah. to that to that end, and then you didn't then roll high enough. I just I, I, as it was a, so high. I'm a first time GM, man. I I set that I set that appropriately to what I thought was right. Hey, that DC, DC had three digits. Forty five for, <laughs> yeah. for a Kafak dealer. Hey man! Hey, hey. Turns out that was actually Dotrulu and using disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Just Dotrulu with a mustache. That right. was a transformer. <laughs> That's fucking. Uh, all right. I'm sorry if I misled you at all with that scene. No, it was funny. I mean, it's all right. It was, it was a curious good. choice from my perspective. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I've never been like. This is this thing that you now know, but your character doesn't. Good luck. I, I like that idea of it. I think it's I think that's a real like it's a hard line to draw, but like that's what I try to do, especially with Rick, where it's like Kevin might know this. And and I was actually yeah. I told John this like in a message recently. We've had a full year because this game took so long, I'm sorry. Um we had a full year to think about threefold conspiracy. And I was like, hey, I'm letting you know now, Rick trusts the stewards on that ship, but Kevin is super skeptical. Kevin doesn't trust anybody. And this game, like threefold conspiracy f***ed me up. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah. All right. So moving on from the Kafak dog guy. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we get into the first fight with Kafax. I was like, this, these Kafax are too easy, man. They're only like six, six points of life. I was like, They're, <laughs> this fight's going to be yeah, nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. and I, and I, I this I, is the fight that never ends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, I wrote out the co- the the um, the equation for it. It is uh, the number of enemies. The total number of enemies is equal to the the enemies that are written into the book plus one plus number of rounds divided by three minus the number of enemies killed because you have to account for that. So basically, every third round, I added in a new kafak and I added one extra in the beginning. Um, that makes sense. Just because I, like I thought they were too easy, and honestly, you I guys like didn't—you didn't have a hard time with them. It was just a matter of getting rid of them and moving on. It was more so, the emotional stress of not knowing how many more were going to show up. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. So I it worked. Like, it yeah. did what I wanted. All right. right. Yeah. yeah. And good. then they turned out to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love that in, in the end there was like a swarm of them chasing you out, but we'll get to that later on. So you guys work your way through yeah. the car yards, you you kill the fox, you go digging through, you get up. Um, there's that trap that you guys avoid the first time. You get up, fight some more fox at the ziggurats at the top, which are actually nests, and then you move around that corner. And oh, you at one point you found a dead body. I I introduced I introduced all those extra footprints, the extra, all of that stuff was mine. Mm. Um, and, and no complaints to Jason Keeley, but in, in the, the game, the way it's written, the, the true warriors are kind of a threat at the beginning. And then they kind of disappear for majority of the game. 
And I thought they just had to be more present. Yeah, more present. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to put footprints in there. I dropped dead bodies. I made sure you guys spent a lot of times like investigating that scene and trying to figure it out. Um, and I wanted to make sure that it showed Vari 13 was with Lorgan on his way up and around, but they're being chased by true warriors. And so you guys figured all that out and worked your way around. Um, and then you came up on that, that desert sea, the ocean of sand. Yeah. And I just have to roll back to that. That I think is a great choice. I think it's important to connect and tie things together that happened in the beginning. And also with the style, with the way that we play, we like the, the small details that then matter. Like that's how we're going to look at a scene because then it helps drive a lot of other uh, conversations. Yeah. So I think that was awesome. That, w- that, that was a great choice. A little bit more of it too is that like your guys' motivations for wiring game. We, we, we talked about how like the four of you being pirates in this game, your job was to kill the, the, the true warriors leader where right. the other, the other written story arcs are not necessarily quite right. as intense. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. is the true warriors are more of a nuisance to them where for you guys, you needed to know that what you were doing was drawing them out the entire time. And right. I think, I thought that was important. So I wanted to just reinforce that. Like, oh no, you're being watched. They are following you. Like they have you in their sights and you're like working on pulling them out from, you know, the shadows. So, yeah, it's um, great. Yeah. We always talk about like, what's your motivation in the scene and staying reminded of that support. Yeah. This is a big fail on my part, but so the Kafak fight <laughs> for everything it was, the, the, the Thaster Kafak, the Thasteron Kafak. Yeah. yeah. It was a mutant Kafak that was actually only uh, one. It wasn't a large creature because it only takes up five foot square. It was a normal medium sized creature because the other Kafaks are tiny, I think, or whatever, small. But I was like, oh, I wanted to make that introduction a mini game. The idea was that you guys were playing like almost like a battleship type. Oh yeah. You move across the desert and like the, the square that was going to hit was, was moving, but my rolls took the Kafak like up and to the left the entire time. And I was so mad about it. And I was just like, all right, they had to tax you, whatever. Um, so there was that the radiation. I, I'm so mad at myself for, and I'm sorry you guys had to deal with that. You did uh, great. It's okay. Well, it's fine. Yeah, dude. What exactly happened again? Could you give us a summary of that? Like the radiation rules were not accounted for, basically, right? Or they were not accounted for properly. It, it was basically that environmental protection saves you from radiation, oh, yeah. low level right. radiation, and low level. right. And all but one of you had that on, but that it is. gave us such a hard time that first time we went through the fight that that we we basically just stopped the game and we're like, okay, next time we record, we're gonna like read this better, read what's and we going did. On. Right. We had a conversation. We almost re-recorded it. We it was a big yeah, we did. conversation that we had, mm-hmm. and we're we like, did. no, it it almost killed Terme. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were all trying to figure out how to get in to rescue him. Without we were trying to figure radiation. out how to kill this yeah. right without getting radiation, and then we find out, uh, you know, probably eighty percent through the battle that environmental protections would have saved us the whole time. So like. Do we re-roll it or do we, you know, show the community that, hey, we are indeed fallible. I mean, we're mm-hmm. learning this game. We're learning this game just like you guys are. The community, like, the, the, they're so used to us being completely infallible. Ups. So then yeah. we're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, like half of the, of the messages on Wednesdays and Thursdays are... Yeah, well, and, sure. and speaking of that, so they, they turn the around and they... The Mistakes channel is very populated with messages. It's lit. Oh, always. Right. right. To, to those who might not join us on Discord, we have an entire channel dedicated to rules, rules we fuck up in this hey. game. Hey, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and, and that channel was lit up that day because we were talking about how Treme, Treme was down and the radiation starts on, you take damage from radiation on the start of your turn, but then it's like, when can you use resolve to, to stabilize and recover? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so will the radiation kill him? Cause he still has a sickness, but he's still in the radiation area. And there was all this debate and I still don't know where I stand on that. I got to go and review it, but like delay is not an action. Nowhere in the book does it say it's an action. I'm just gonna say that we were like, a, <laughs> well, <laughs> I remember that was delaying now. when you're unconscious, right? So oh, it's like, yeah. I don't. Oh, yeah. That's a that's the difference. Is it was, like it was a big per debate. GM and per player. Like, right? What that's do you, a GM ruling. It's a it's a it's a GM ruling. I right? think it's, it's still up game, for debate. So that's all is. I'm saying. Um, is it okay? All right. We decided <laughs> we're like we're going to um, we're gonna like. We're we're gonna like keep going with this and release it and just like fix the next episode and like right, comment right, on right. it because like you know we want to re-recording it might have we might have lost some of our energy and we don't want it to be fake so we want to like put forward a genuine thing anyway exactly maybe. yeah no we genuinely f***ed up that rule yeah, yeah. we did oh, yeah. genuinely <laughs> but, yeah. don't worry there's yep. lots more of that in the future uh- <laughs> yeah and like yeah. like I I remember messing up the the robot fight in book two. And not realizing that y'all did like three critical hits, and I was like, "Oh, that's right! It's vulnerable to critical hits." I oh, this yeah. could have been over a lot longer. And then I think in the next episode, I was like, "You take away your damage, and you take away your damage," because you know, like that's that's who we are. We'd rather be transparent about the rules and what we're messing up, and yeah. like you're at the table with us rather than like you know, yeah. kind of like the, yeah. the dr on the drift phantom later on, but. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Get there. Okay. So back to back to that desert scene. So you guys kill the Kafak. You find the tanker, and there is Vari thirteen inside that tanker. Right. I all all of the the flashbacks that Vari has, those are mine. I'll admit that. Awesome. I I wrote all They're those fantastic. myself. They're um, like your flashbacks. Like you were actually on that. <gasps> show. Right. I was. Oh, I was an robot. alien android. Um, yes. No. I wrote them. Is what I meant. Because <laughs> you're Rick nineteen. Yeah. And Rick eight. In so real life, you are in real life. actually a, a murder bot. <laughs> right. Rick eight Star was Finder. in the navy. <laughs> Rick nineteen is just this iteration. That's not how that yeah. works. I, that's that's right. That's right. That makes sense to me. But so my my idea with that, and, and this is kind of just jumping ahead with all of the the um the cutscenes was the idea that Vari 8 had the puck and for whatever reason still not quite revealed a gray came on to the stellar flare and tried to get that puck from them and in the process the the, the ship was destroyed Vari 8 was able to put the puck in one escape pod launch it and then they launched out a separate escape pod and were knocked unconscious and then struck and killed. And that's what caused the dead body to then be slowly over time turned into Vari 13. Because Vari 13, Vari 8 was the eighth soul to inhabit that body. And Vari 13 is now the 13th soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vari 13 is having these flashbacks every time they have a life threatening situation. Is So I I kind of had that whole story kind of figured out and written, and then I just chopped it up and put it in appropriately at different scenes. Um, So that's where I introduced that. And then, well, oh, and then you guys managed to avoid another trap, that same trap, when Vari 13 was supposed to be right on your tail, and you guys avoided that somehow. 
And that's when I was like, being smart and like, yeah, by being, by being too smart. That's the problem. Yeah. Mm. And so I was like, well, the, what about the Kavoks? The Kavoks are coming. (laughs) Was that also when Rolu, you put in that thing that only Rolu would take damage from just trying to squeeze into a small space? Was that? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. That's totally Kevin's fault. I don't yeah, recall. No, yeah, I don't recall this. What is it? It's absolutely Kevin's death. fault that Rolu that's only convenient. rolled a two. Yeah, Rolu. yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's Kev's fault. <laughs> I'm not even sure so what you guys are referring to. Oh, Rolu so, like a, multiple times would squeeze through small spaces and get fucked. Like there was this yeah, one area by the no, east of the or no west of the ziggurats that yes. was uh, where you guys like got like slashed junk. and cut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. Rolu well, not you guys, just it. Rolu. Just me, yeah. Because everyone else rolled at least like an 18. And On Rolu's the athletics check two. or whatever it was, right? Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah, it's your classic ARD, your anti-Rolu device. That's and I, I don't yeah. think I messed with the traps too much. I left the traps as is because traps in Starfinder are ridiculous really awesome. yeah. and, and complicated. So I was like, I'm just yeah. As we found out once we got into the Stellar Flare, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, so roll- we got past the Cassidy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, dude, there were multiple times where Rolly was squeezing through things, and it just didn't work out for him, like, every time. It was really sad. Yeah, well, the one but time that I, ne- that I needed it to was when I squeezed through the conversation to convince people, so it worked out. <laughs> it worked. It worked <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to forward. set your own trap. I s- okay, I have, to, I have to make this comment here. I was hoping to save it for the end, but, like, I still what? don't know. We have finished the adventure. Like, done, tied up, buttoned. It's over. I still don't know if Chuck got screwed by Roller or not. <laughs> I don't think you will know. It's something that's that's for book three to tell us at some point. Hopefully, I guess. Maybe or maybe that's a, that, maybe that's a different campaign. Yeah. yeah, these are the things that will haunt my memories. Anyway, Roller squeezing through trash gets sliced up. As Kelly, like I'm happy that things ended the way that they did. But like, let's talk about the end at the end. Let's get there. Sorry. Sorry. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like guys right. keep bringing it up. I know, I know. It's hard because like the end was so amazing. I like the ending. It's fresh. So like that if we can pull the curtain back, yeah. we recorded the end today. Today. And we were like, we got to record plot armor now. And we're like, well, yes. let's, let's take let's take an hour. And then All right. But yeah. back to the uh, – uh, this for me was one of the first times where I was like – I mean, I was loving playing this campaign and being like, oh, I'm a player for the first time in Starfinder. This is awesome. This group is great. And then there was just something about the end of this act – with like us leaving that really just like cemented for me us as a group on this mission like it it made it real in my mind and what do you mean when you left this because the book just says like hey on their way out of the car yards check that trap if they didn't trip it you could try to catch them in it again and that's it that's all the book says and you i mean was the trap? yeah no the the like the the bridge over the um over the mm. oil and I was trying to catch you guys in it, called. and you still managed to get by it. So that's when you guys, like the Kafox are chasing you. That's not a part of the book. And um, you guys like set the C4 and blew up the bridge and all that's, that craziness. And it was just like, boom. Oh, yeah. That's I forgot. Like, so like, the, I distinctly no. remember like when I added those breaching charges to Chuck's uh, inventory, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be some tomfoolery. Like this, I'm going to be on some bullshit when I actually use this. It worked. It was so good. I was just like, man, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Go ahead. Roll, roll something. Uh, roll, roll it, was just, it. it was the magic of the moment. Like, cause it was at that point too, that like 
Thaddeus and like Terme. There, like, there's the personal conflict between players, and then Chalk. Like that, I think was one of your first times of just chalking it up and just being like, <laughs> "I have these brazy charges," you know. And you're like, "I'm gonna throw," and like the magic of Kev of like putting in the Kafox chasing us, like the tension. It, it was it was glorious. Was like what, we really worked why together we that moment. We really did, like, because, like, we in did. spite of the conflict, we we're like, all right, cool, let's let's kick it into gear. You could see how the crew, the Caducious, this right. like get eighteen that was sent down, done. knows exactly. how to get things done and be a good unit. Yeah, yeah, yep, totally. And speaking of conflict, this is when we started introducing the Thaddeus Rolu conflict. It was Thaddeus was suspicious of Rolu, and so he had Terme get some information right. about Rolu's messages and so started pulling that data and then uh, so Trebay had like an insight of, of what was going on you weren't quite I don't know leaning either way right well yeah even as a, like a player you just didn't know what was happening well I mean behind the scenes John and Kelly were plotting with with Kevin this entire time not to to my knowledge really still I don't I don't know the extent to which they uh, have plotted <laughs> Or are still plotting. But I was, yeah. I was, I was trying right. to think. We of took like, an hour break. That could have been a meeting. We don't right. know. Yeah, we had yeah. a full-on conversation. No, and that, I mean, that's a part of like how this was set up. Was like we know it's about here's, and then we wanted to make, we wanted to make Rolu suspicious and like lead into that. So we were talking about that, and it's fun because like John and I have had a lot of conversations about like I want to do this, and he's like, and I want to do that, but we can't talk to each other about it because we don't want to spoil the in-game stuff for either person. So it's been a lot of coded messages between each oh, other about, true. right? Because he's the GM of the main game, and I'm like, well, what about this part? He's like, I can't tell you that. I still on don't know planning, what the fuck is. I don't yeah. know what the fuck that thing does. I'm planning to like, I could, <laughs> I could share some things between Kevin and John, and some things only with John, some things only with Kevin. Yeah, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna insert this comment because we're on Zoom and and this is still an audio platform. John's game face over the last year. <laughs> <laughs> has improved. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's just looking <laughs> directly in the camera. Stares. No, right into the camera. <laughs> As we could be like, <laughs> he's like <laughs> again. scary stuff. Man. We could be knocking on Sus. the door of the threefold conspiracy. We could be not anywhere close, and none of us would have any idea. Right, right. Yeah, dude, John's really good at keeping that stuff. It's like blind down. golfing. You swing yes. and you're like, Golfing how close am I? Hole in one. <laughs> Don't worry. There's plenty of scheming and uh, side conversations for all of you to come in many things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just, and I, I think that was probably my favorite part about all of this was like the amount of creativity that I was able to inject into running this game for you guys. Like playing the game was super stressful for me. I'll be honest. There's, I have like 14 screens open and I'm like trying to juggle stuff and the rules on one page and I got the, the storyline here and I got NPCs, but like yep. all the prep Pro tip, <laughs> don't use Excel for initiative. Yeah. Well, yep. I was also, that's like my, it was where I put all my notes out. That way I wasn't juggling through the book for damage and stuff too. So I, you know, it, it worked for what it was. I, yeah. Anyways, so out of the car yards, fantastic scene with blown up the bridge, and then you guys had that conversation about the messages from Rolu and off the off the ship to Shira Dawnbreaker. Did I get that right? Mm -hmm. And then you guys ended up facing Tez Tronin for the first time. That's right. That was not in the book. I introduced that, and I wanted again. Tez. But the whole character wasn't even in the book. No, Tez Tronin is. Tez Tronin is. Oh. 
uh, is the person who was in the car in the first place. She's in the book there. And the next time she appears is at the very end when she comes into the into oh, the Star Star Fire. Fire. But yeah. That yep. engagement was whole, all homebrewed on your part. Right. But I, again, I think you guys were looking for, for Dotrolu. That was your whole purpose. And so I, yeah. I wanted you guys to know that you guys were on, on the trail. their radar. Like, mm. for the second the command to come out is a big deal. And then you guys talked down Michael. Fuck you all. So before before we <laughs> yeah. move on from Test yeah, Ronin, yeah. I think it's a really valuable mechanic that not enough exactly. GMs use. Drop in a sub-boss. character, a sub-boss, take a certain amount of damage, and then let them retreat and leave the ads to take care of things. Like I feel like the ominous nature of like they've experienced you and they know who you are and what you look like and they can disseminate that information to the rest of the organization isn't nearly used as often as it should be. And I, this is me being a novice, but I was like, why isn't that done? And so yeah. I, I was like, we need to introduce the bad guys sooner. And I had this whole thing written out and I, I had all these rules. And then you guys turned around and like you, you made her misfire. And then like you guys took her down so fast. And I was like, fuck man, like maybe I nerfed her too much for this scene that I was like, ah, well, but I did have that trigger point. I always had the trigger point of she's going to do supernova blind you guys for half a second. The rest of true warriors disappear. And that's the end of that scene. That was the idea it was like, it, I wasn't going to kill you guys. There was no plan to kill you at that point. Right. Then when you guys ended that so fast, I was like, I'm going to kill these guys. <laughs> uh, but, but we didn't know. Right, that's the beautiful thing that, yeah. like, as a player, I'm I'm trying to take back into GMing. It's like you just you don't know. Like, it was like maybe this is when we fight Tez, and then Tez got away, and we're all about to die, and then suddenly we're like, damn it! Like, I I have to take Tez out now. Like, there's yep. a real hatred for Tez, and it also works because the true war, like the true warriors, is its own boss like they are a villain right like they're just a villain with many faces so then when you went through and we're like oh so there's dotrulu you'll get there instead there's this asshole who is who has it out for you and then blinds you and then leaves and in the first com like in the first confrontation got like got you know was like in the car and then was like yeah nah y'all are y'all are nothing i'm gonna leave in the car I am right? kind of like, I'm kind of mad because I like revealed the picture to you guys and you were like oh she has a glowing hand she's clearly a Solarian I was like fuck me that was yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean she had a fucking to... lightsaber dude right I yeah, know dude. like yeah yeah she's a Solarian but cool so you guys make it out of the car yards you go back you report all that you 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 uh, bring Vari thirteen back to Riddle and Riddle's very thankful for you and then Vari thirteen tells you hey there's this is what I'm really looking for and you guys are skeptical. You're like, we don't really care what you're looking for. We're only here for Dotrulu. But I was slowly able to work you guys up and just convinced that if you followed whatever Vari 13 was looking for, that Dotrulu would come. And I think I think Will was probably the worst on it of like, why are we doing this? And I was worst like, or best? Here's like the us on here's track? the money. Just take take some fucking money. That's all. And the book actually says like just pay him. Just fucking pay him. I think the the book actually is the first. The only time the book cusses is right there. It says just fucking pay him. Um, wait, wait. Who are we talking about? Snake boy? I, I'm a, no, no, no. Trying to right, 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 right. try to convince you to go to this, find the stellar flare with her. Yep. With and them, I was so. like, I don't care about a stellar flare. Yeah. Where's this Dutrolu dude? It was. It, it fits so well for Terme. Terme is like, okay, but on the accounting, like this is why we're here. 
and you're paying. Us I have for a checklist. This? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yep. Yeah. At which point, Jack was like, "Ooh, new and shiny. Yeah, that's <laughs> great." And then was that also when we met Snake Boy? Um, I think After in that time I let merchant. you. Yeah, and that was all yeah. a mistake on my part. Um, Why? What? 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 We got so many healing S- for letting yeah, you guys do anything. <laughs> if I, give, I give you guys one inch, and you're like, "We're gonna f- take this to the moon." Uh, but Snake Boy was so awesome. I love right. was. Okay, I love Snake Boy. Kev's yeah. definition of a mistake is us forcing him into role play. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's very true. true. <laughs> very true. Uh, I Dude, also I just want to say, yeah, yeah, we all. The, the, that's a to player favorite. I, uh, I had a fun time with that episode. Ooh, I think yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, Kevin, Kevin. What? Oh, sorry. No, Kevin no. and John mm-hmm. and whoever DMs in the future. I would not be opposed to kind of like in Final Fantasy how there's like a Moogle every now and again that you can buy things from. If Snake Boy just shows up throughout the universe. <laughs> oh my god! Oh right. yes, I really, noted, really want that to happen. And Kevin has noted. to play. It. You mean, it's like really it's like the it. it's the jacket Nailed guy from um, Resident Evil. Yes, <laughs> please. Do Would you this. like to look at my wares or whatever he says? <laughs> yeah. He's also like the you're like a Khajiit the yeah. cabbage Khajiit. dealer from uh, Avatar. You know, the cabbage yeah. dealer is just always in the way. Great. Right. Snake Boy has wares if you have coin. Yes. Something like there it is. So, as I was saying. I yeah. also have a note that, that is probably one of my favorite notes on our notes page, which is that in episode 19, it says, call a hotel. And then in parentheses, it says, Thaddeus sucks at negotiating. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best moment ever. All right. <laughs> the, all the background. I should just let him do it. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, that was, right, uh, right. It was funny. It was funny. We managed to get a uh, shack in for free. and uh, stuff That's like true. That. Yeah. You good. snuck a plant yeah. in. Good. That's, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a plant. So you guys took a rest out in town, and you guys got to purchase some stuff, and then you headed out into the outer junk fields. Is that is that where I'm? Am I Hang right on. That? Before we get there, drunk folks show up to the wrong room. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. was the point of that? So, it was to, to raise attention and have oh, you guys John, freak out. Was... John, John knows the reason. Apparently, no. I I actually have been wanting to ask. I loved it. I yeah. like when you add You were ready suspense. to shoot through the door. It was and great flavor. It, well, like, it, it reminded me of that, that scene from uh, Fellowship of the Ring where the ring wraiths show up and, like, sword the beds in the <laughs> yes. wrong room. Yes. After Frodo has moved and, like, just... Oh, shit. What's the so point? So much tension. <laughs> like, they are there with pitchforks and torches ready to, to handle some shit. And then they stab the bed, and then Frodo sits up, and then you hear the ring race screaming because it was like further down the river. I know yeah. what to do. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yes. What? And I—I'll be honest—I didn't have any kind of great, plan yeah. for. If, I had no plan for you to fight them. There was always de-escalation. It was always just to build tension for a second and then take it away, just to get you guys off your off your like firm footing. Um, but I think it worked. Yeah, out. man. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how firm our footing ever was, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it always felt pretty sandy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Benny, I'm going to boot you from this Zoom call. <laughs> you made your way into the junk, outer junk fields. And yeah. um, in the book, Vari doesn't join you. She's That's They right. are not a part of that adventure. And right. so I was like, well, I want Vari to come along because I need to give, again, those opportunities 
for those flashbacks. And so I started writing those in like, oh, there's, they're going to trip here and they're going to get attacked there and they're going to do that. So I was like, oh, Vari's going to join until a certain point, which was hilarious when you guys were like, oh, we're going to, you should come in the stellar flare with us. And I was like, no, please no. But, um, <laughs> okay. One thing I do have to point out is that in, in that part two, so there's, there's three parts to this book. And in part two is the, the fetch missions. Mm-hmm. You find, you go and find all of the components. I think, in the book, there are five places you can go. Four of them are required because you need to get four components. I wrote those out. I was like, I don't, I, again, from my experience with you guys at the marketplace, I don't want to give you any more than you'll take. Um, cause you'll take it all. And so I was like, I'm going to, I railroaded you. I railroaded you real hard. I'll be honest. And I'm sorry to the listener for that. It didn't feel like it to me. I, I, I walked you through two of the, the, the scenarios first and then introduced you to, uh, Kesh and Merck cause Kesh and Merck were actually supposed to be introduced first. Can, can we take a half step back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just thumbing through the notes on episode 21, where we find a hole with another faster toad and we pull the mind link circlet. That's in the book. It's in the book. I'm pretty sure it's in the book. I was really curious whether that was in the book or whether that was something that you added. Mm. I'll pull up, let me pull up. Because that mind link circlet, I feel like that changed how we handled the rest of the intrigue through the rest of the plot. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Faster like toes. the ability to communicate non-verbally is so valuable when you're trying to do espionage. And we have communication devices so you could still be at the like Junker's Delight and uh, like Rolu could call and be like, hey, this is what's going on. But this problem does like this is a problem that doesn't exist in sci-fi that does exist in fantasy, which is like in fantasy, you can't just be like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? And like text or do whatever. Right. So then now the nonverbal to like com- like communication it's is its so own problem. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's so much more important now. No, but it says right there, uh, treasures from that is uh, if a character succeeds a 15% or DC 15 perception check while at the bottom they find 4,000 UPBs and a mind link circuit oh, one. Yeah, that's right. That's it says right. it straight out of the book. Sweet. Interesting. But Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you're right, because we even use that in the very, very last scene on the final episode. I'm using it all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think we, so that I railroaded you a little bit. I, I walked you through the Thaster Toads. I, that's where I introduced um, another scene for Vari 13. And then yep. I forget the other one was the Akeshtis, I think. I ran you guys mm-hmm. through that one. Found out they spit blood through their eyes. That's yeah, also wow. from the book. I, I did not make that up. I think Jason Keeley was very proud of that moment. Uh, he was the one that wrote that one in. That's cool. Also, I was going to say that they're, they're, we almost came, we, well, hold on a second. We almost like uh, developed a title called, um, uh, Take my whole dusty toads. That almost became an episode <laughs> title. With like, yeah. It was so close, so good. I forget what it ended up being. Take me home, dusty toads, or something. Yeah. Anyway, title titles are always what fun. Could it, for what this. could have been? I guess. What could have been? Probably would not be a good there's idea. A, but. There, there's a running gag that I have to have at least two drinks before I come up with a decent title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, one another thing with those Akeshis when you ran into them, um, I gave them magic missile. They didn't have the ability for magic missile, but but Terme being a witch word has a super cool ability to catch f-ing magic missiles. And I was like, I gotta give I gotta give Will the opportunity to at least oh, pull okay. so that we only played correctly like once. Right, it's, we f- <laughs> it up every time. But I just thought it was just a cool scene for them to shoot you shoot a magic missile at you. I only Loved gave them it. one each, I think. Um, but yeah, catch it. Yeah. 
And then the goblins. So I, I one of the so Merc and Kesh, you guys met them, and then you guys were given basically these fetch cash, uh, fetch quests to gather all the components to make an EMP key that would help mm. you get into the Stellar Flare. Which again, you guys had a hard time of like, why are we going after the Stellar Flare? Like, what's the point? But the point was to find something lucrative enough to draw out the true warriors, and you finally did go that route. I, I guided you. I said there was basically three places to go. You had to get, I think, the Akestis, the the goblins, and then there was where the, the junk golem was. And then there was one fourth area that was where Zethel Red's camp was. Mm. Mm-hmm. So before we go out on the fetch quest, that was an interesting point where after finding those two Akeshti, the <laughs> trying to solve things diplomatically was proven unsuccessful. <laughs> Like, I'm going to lay down all my weapons and and we'll see if we can, you know, maybe exchange some information. And he was like, no, I'm getting out of here. Peace. It was interesting to establish different factions within the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because you had established the true warriors as the local gangsters. But I feel like it was coming out of that space that we finally established. Okay, we've got the true warriors in town, but out of town there's a bit of a turf war between the right. unbrewed and the, the junk goblins, the trash hunters. Uh, and that's, that's out of the book. That is the, the big fight with bomb gozzle and Asashla, the, the Rivener that is, a, that is out of the book. I will get to that in a little bit. Like I expanded that, but for the most part, that's how it's written is, and it's actually written as there are these two scenes. There's the scene with the goblins and there's the scene with the Akeshtis. And depending on how those scenes end, it actually says if they attack them, it gives you a bonus here. And if they attack these, it gives you a bonus there or disadvantage, whatever the case may be. It's huh. written in the book. What what wasn't in the book was the goblins being so religious. Uh, I introduced that. That was that. funny, though. That, that was great. you? That was, was really great. good. That, okay. Yeah. I'm proud. Gold I'm super star. proud of this. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good Gold day. star. Gold star. I would never in my wildest dreams have imagined goblins as pious individuals, but wow. I just, it I love the idea of it. I think the, the, the tower is there and it's them. They're in the, the region, but like they're, I forget exactly what the book says about the goblins, but basically you could, you can talk them down, but I was like, no, they, they have a reason for not letting you get to that item mm-hmm. at the top of that tower. Sure. And I, I then wanted, as soon as I decided to do that, I was like, well, what about the junk golem? And I wanted to link this all. And so that's the connection between the, the Tinkerton. Tinkerton is a made up name that I made. So the junk golem being related to that tower and, and the goblins all having this like identity around Triune and praising this, this deity. And then all of that being connected to the gray in the end, which we'll talk about later on. I wanted to do that. And this is where I started. So, yeah, the goblins, the goblins' religious connection to the junk golem, that's all on me. Kevin, that provided so much for the story. Like, it, that paid off over Absolutely. and over and over again. <laughs> like, it was yeah. amazing. Yep. Junk lords. I thought it was part of the story. It was so woven in. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm deeply curious how this ties back to the gray. Because yeah. that me too, is, me too, me too. wow. Me too. That is, that's a shocker. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, gray is not anywhere in Junker's Delight. Damn, so Kevin, the, this, is the, your, uh, this is your story as much Zeth- as it is Jason Keeley's. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, for setting the foundation. Yeah. Can, I I just want to I want to point out something that we as players completely ignored <laughs> in episode twenty five when Merck sends us on a mission to get on the fetch quest. They tell us that the murder bot is immune to magic. 
Right. Yeah. Oh. None it of us remembered in, that. I <laughs> that I think the book actually says that. Like a lot of the lines from Merkin Kesh were copied and pasted into my notes from totally. the PDF. But uh, one thing that wasn't in the Golem, so the Golem fight was just the Golem fight. And I introduced Zethelred. I added Zethelred mm. in there. I added the dead body um, uh, against the the console. I also added all the true warriors in there. And that was probably a little too That's much. Great. <laughs> Kevin, it's time for you to write an AP, bro. It's no. time. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like you're, you're ready for it now. Okay. We're, we're only halfway through plot armor. I'm going to... I'm going to have to create a bot that every time you say you're a bad GM posts. Yeah. Both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. I appreciate that. I, again, this is, this is the part that I had so much fun with was like, oh yeah, they're going to do this and this and I can do this and this and like all the prep that I put into this. Like that's what I enjoyed was like the writing aspect of it, which, you know, I, I, I have a creative side, but I, I was like, oh, Zethel Red in the book. Zethelred literally falls into a crevice and dies. <laughs> and for me, that was so sad that Zethelred was like this badass that had his own camp and then he turns around and dies. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to at least put him someplace important. And so I put him there and I was like, oh, I'm going to use him to draw you guys further into the combat. And it worked so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just such a good way. You guys were like, oh, I'm going to go. And all of you, I think the three of you, Terme, um, Chuck, and Thaddeus ran over to the body of Zethelred picked up his armor, his dashko and uh his I I added in the glove. Um I think the and I forget the name of the glove. Uh, Eldricarnum. Eldricarnum glove cuz I I wanted to be able to give you guys stones and and work with those. It was awesome. And the Eldricarnum glove was the only way to do that. So I was like, "Oh, Zethelred would have had something like that." You know, and but I but I twisted it and said it was the it was built by the goblins mm. as opposed to by the greys from yeah, three fucking series. Anyways, cool. So good. Loved it. So the fight with, with the junk golem. Yeah, that sucked. Uh it, it sucks for everybody. It's immune to magic. Didn't suck for Chuck. Yeah, Chuck was a <laughs> baller. What I what this I didn't works. expect is the true warriors to be so helpful for you guys. Because I think actually that the the true warrior that disappeared who may or may not come back in threefold at some point to kill us all. I think he did the most damage on Tinkerton. It was like two crits in a row, wasn't it? Right, yeah. It was just lucky rolls. That's just how the dice dice play out. So mm-hmm. yeah. this is where you start to see Shaq like his confidence start to blossom, you know? Yes. Put it there. And then like he <laughs> and then the insanity starts to as a result to take I over. Feel. The bloodlust. Yeah. The bloodlust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well like from from a character perspective, and I I I, I feel like I've talked about this before. Shaq was like always designed to be a support character. He was never intended to live in the spotlight. <laughs> he he was really like a some sort of Venn diagram between Randall from Recess for the rest of you ninety kids, ninety oh, kids. The the way he like reports the progress back to the captain. Oh, I hate good. Randall so much. I love that. And uh, Jack the Monkey from uh, Pirates, yeah, the Disney franchise. So like. When he hit the kill shot on Tinkerton, it was like everything. His first taste, because up to this point, he's only ever been the captain's houseplant. That's why he doesn't have a rank on the boat. So, like his first taste of independence, he's finally seen his true potential mm-hmm. in the field. Missed. I won't yeah. say he's drunk with power, but he does that realize that. That <laughs> right. 
That certainly comes later. I, this, this feeds into it because like later on when they're like, well, you killed Tinkerton, so you're a god. You were like, yes, <laughs> yes I am. <laughs> Why not me? <laughs> but a little more about the Tinkerton fight. So you guys killed Tinkerton okay. and you guys moved on. We were recording live at that time. I was, I was in California. It was actually last November, which is a long time away. I know it took forever. I'm sorry. I asked, jo- I talked to John, like how are we going to do this? Because I knew John, Rolu needed, I put the stone, the puck, the object in Tinkerton. That was always my plan. Mm, And John didn't know that. In Roll20. In Roll20, the landing page, there was a blue shining light that you had for a long time. The cover cover of Junker's Delight is, um, I, I took that and put it on our landing page. It's a beautiful artwork. Again, everybody who ever does any artwork for, uh, Starfinder, Thank you, because it's beautiful and lovely. Um, but the the drawing on the cover is the landing page. It is it is the the, the junk golem with uh, I called him Zethered, but it's actually supposed to be the iconic um, Vesk from the mm-hmm. uh, yep. Starfinder universe. Um, but I, I picture that as Zethered. Zethered was attacking this thing, and so that's why I put it on our cover. But I dropped the glowing blue eye on it. And because I knew from the beginning that I was going to put that stone somewhere in the game and that was a perfect place to put it. Mm-hmm. And so when we got close to that point uh, and John and I, John knew he was going to get the stone because we all know Rolu gets the stone. And I kept telling John, like, don't worry, I got it. Don't worry, I got it. Don't worry, I got it. But I didn't want to tell him where. And then finally, I think that episode came up and I was like, hey, but by the way, like the stone's going to come up in this episode and you're going to have to get it. So I need a way to tell you I'm going to like cause a scene and make everybody leave. I didn't expect to record that in person. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just take our headphones off and then I'll call John will be on and then it'll just be the two of us talking, blah, blah, blah. But we were in person, except for everybody but Vinny. Sorry, Vinny. Um, we're at Will's house recording and I was like, all right, uh, everybody take your headphones off. And I literally sat in the room by myself for 10 minutes this. while you guys all went upstairs yes. and ate pizza. And I was yeah, starving. Ate without you. <laughs> 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 right. Pizza. Yeah, you had you had said to me just do this and we'll record it later. And so I just didn't know what was going on, but I was like, "All right, I'm supposed to leave the room and yeah. figure it out." So we ended up recording it after the fact and then inserting it into the show um, prior to release. So that scene did not get added until later, and I, I was hungry and hangry by the end of that. But yeah, and then you got to eat so, some pizza, and then yeah, then you tasted pizza. It wasn't until this exact moment that I realized that that was the stone. Yes. And this is another I thought thing. that I stopped glowing because we killed Tinkerton. Like that was just part no. of its circuitry. No, it's yes. Yeah. So so just for the listener on our Smart our guy. our landing page, I added the eye. I, I added a glow to the eye. Yeah, and after this episode, I took the glow away and covered the eye with a black hole as if it was dead. But like we just said... It, in my my view of this, it was the stone the whole time. The stone was so. And the idea is that the, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But the the gray created Tinkerton to find the stone and bring it back. The problem is is back to the Stellar Flare. The Stellar Flare is broken up across the junkyards, and where you were in the Stellar, where you were in the fight with the with the Tinkerton, was on the bridge of the Stellar Flare. At least in my mind. That's why the controls with Zethorad. Right. And that's why oh. Tinkerton ended up there is because Tinkerton went back to the Stellar Flare. It was just not the Stellar Flare that the Grey was intending. 
At least that's wow. how I wrote it. That's that's in my mind. That's what I had going on. It's awesome. It's um, great. That's spectacular. It. Right. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. That adds uh, up. Just that one more thing about up? that scene was that I had um, I had Chuck, I had I had Vinny roll to see if he saw Rolu, and he did. Right. And so we also recorded that separately. I think about uh, basically right. That was like an aside. Like, hey, by the way, you rolled. You saw Rolu grab something. Something that was also when you had the interview where you're right. like, hey, we should have Thaddeus and Rolu interview with Goldhorn, which was a awesome vignette that was great I, we haven't talked yeah. about that at all but i love all of this i was like, waiting to get back to that actually yeah and i think our fans liked it too where we would take a, uh instead of doing our introductions we would do asides of our characters on the ship it was and what we did was basically a a documentary show uh where we interviewed each of you mm-hmm. and i thought it worked out really good it was also a lot of a lot of good spots to introduce things story wise that yes. i wanted to yeah which included, was that was that one? Thaddeus called himself the Big Hearty Kitty Caddy. I think it was. I think it was on- <laughs> uh, no, I think you're talking about the Cuddle Puddle. Oh wait, no. Maybe it was. A, yeah, maybe it was the Cuddle Puddle. I don't know. Maybe this only was- gets better. What are we saying? There, <laughs> <laughs> there. Just those like interview moments with the crew that was interviewing the crew of the Caduceus, like the film crew for the show. That took on a life of its own. And just, yeah, yeah y'all really just did. did like an incredible job bringing out so many sides of your character that you wouldn't normally get to see. You wouldn't have the space for it. It was great. Yeah. I, I remember being supremely nervous because like none of this was scripted. None of this was right. discussed in advance. It was just like in the moment, Kev would pick one of us to pick on, <laughs> yep. ask a bunch of questions, and you better have an idea of your character. <laughs> That you was better know. That was almost payback. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, was it now? Good old plot like, armor. Now I get to ask <laughs> the question. Brings out <laughs> uh, amazing. But I, I loved it. They all turned out really great. Um, every mm-hmm. time those episodes came up, I, it was a lot of fun. I and actually mm-hmm. the the characters I had to like develop those. The interviewer was a character of his own, you know. Um, right. Well, then there was that like side character way later. I forget what his name was. Where like Thaddeus is like hugging him, brofisting him. George, the uh, George? the oh the boom I, operator, right? Yeah, I could look him up. He's in my notes somewhere. Though uh, he was a G. Oh. Whoever he was. Oh yeah, guy. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And you like invited him to be a free captain at some point, I think too. Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he'll replace some of our fewer members of our crew now. Yeah, there's a lot fewer now. Weird. That was also when we established that Casalthans uh, dip their hands into someone else's drink when they first agree to a contract. They I forgot that. Dip it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's canon yeah, now. Cool. It's canon. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. Paizo lore. Yeah, for sure. I forget where we were. Where were we? We were talking about... Uh, oh, uh, the, the intro. Yeah, we just killed Tinkerton. Yeah. Yeah. So you killed Tinkerton, and you came back. I think you saw a Goblin run away. And honestly, the reason I introduced that goblin was because I wasn't sure if you guys would roll high enough to see Rolu take the stone. And you, you did. I misheard. That's what happened. So I misheard Vinny say his roll was high enough in the mm. game. 
And when I li- went back and listened to it, Vinny was like, oh, I rolled a 32 and I only heard three or something like that. Or, and I was like, oh, so nobody saw anything, but Rolu saw a, a goblin run away. So that was just to distract you guys. And then all of you were like, oh, it was something important. That goblin was something or something. And yeah, I was like, yeah. mm, no. And that's when we went back and recorded the chalk conversation where he saw. So like from, from the audience, this was like four weeks later. I get a yeah. DM from Kev saying, oh, by the way, you up. <laughs> Chuck did pass. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I need you to say this, this, and this to us. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, hey, you definitely passed this role. So you saw Rolu do this, that, the other. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I wanted Chuck to also be aware of that in game. Like, yeah. Chuck, Chuck being the side, almost like a side character, but like he's so much more aware of everything than people let on. And yeah. I I think it was what you guys pointed out, like your 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 intonation when you're playing chalk changes when you're talking to the captain versus when you're playing in game. Mm. You like when Makes you're talking sense. to the captain it's more proper and more like up Oh yeah. Uplifted. Probably. Yeah, probably. I'm actually right. curious to hear more awesome. of that because I don't do it intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're 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 just getting just your, your character. Just, yeah, you just having your character. I which, have to say this is oh yeah go which ahead. like when we, what's really funny is like when when Kevin and I had these sidebars, it was like, when is this going to come up? When when is Chuck going to reveal this to the rest of the of the cast, uh, to the rest of the crew? And it was in the moment, uh, and I I think we'll get to it in about ten or fifteen more episodes, where like we start to pickpocket Rolu while he's right. sleeping. Right, and I wasn't sure when that was going to pop up either, and I didn't expect you to say it at that time. And, and, and I just, did, and nobody picked up on it. Nobody, but I did. I was like, <laughs> "Yes, was awesome. oh yes, so good." Uh, anyway, say this again, please. We'll, so. we'll get there we'll in about fifteen episodes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I just want to add to that. I think it was at this time that Terme and Thaddeus, like the getting the documents, that was from before. But there was something else here that was going on. That was like really great. Do you want to talk about that? No, don't remember. Are you talking to me? Talking yeah, I was the, talking to you in the voicemail. Are you yeah, talking that about was the, like the, yeah asking Terme to pull that data, right? Yeah, but that you asked earlier, but then uh-huh. it took a while for it to come. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you got it back, and then you finally like you were able to sit down and read it. I think is, right, is where we right. were at this point. Yeah. And and Terme, you you read it, but like you still didn't get it. You were like, they're just talking about a bunch of t-shirts. They're like, what is this? I don't know. But Thaddeus is like, no, I know this is something. I got this. This is I know. This is damaging. And you're like, Terme was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I think, I think at this, this point, was the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say Thaddeus tells cause cause Rolu's over somewhere doing something suspicious. And then like uh yes. uh Shaq and Terme are here, and Thaddeus is like, look. This yes. is your co- like. I, he says something about how like I'm sure that. Wait, because wait, proof. wasn't the wasn't the the uh, wasn't the here's poster revealed at this point, or was that later? I think so. I think it was yeah, right around yeah. the Tinker Ten Kill was when you guys finally got the message that here's is a wanted criminal according yeah. to the free captains. Yeah. Wanted dead or alive for treason against the free captains. So that's the first time that Thaddeus basically says to the group openly, minus Rolu, like. Rolu's like uh, you got to watch out for this guy because he was he already knew he was on his ship and stuff. So, yeah. and, and what I'm curious like what did you guys think at this point? Because again, I wasn't I wasn't 
revealing too much to you as players, Vinny and, and Will. Like, John and Kelly knew this was coming, oh, yeah. but, like, you two forgot, didn't. But yeah. So when I dropped that poster on you, I I was like, eh, we'll see how this happens. Boop. Okay. So this this is this is a conversation that John and I actually had this morning. Like, is this poster, is this notification like, and I and this is really sad, so I hate to compare it to this, but is this like an Amber Alert we get on our phone, you know, a couple of times a week? Like that. I would say place? no. It's it's or is more... this like couple once a year, once every you know five years, someone has wronged the free captains enough that this is like an APB for. I think it's more of an APB. Person. It is. It is a a a, a fleet wide. Hey, this guy is a fucking traitor. Yeah. Um, message that you guys. That's why it was like blasted to everyone. Even Rolu got that message. Mm-hmm. But because like culturally, this is exceptional. Yeah, it's a big deal. I think it's a big okay. deal. Yes. Before that, I just liked how Thaddeus was like the driving. Like, there's something up. Like, I, like there's something here, and you should you should pay attention. And uh, especially Terme you just had this great reaction, which is like starting to introduce the different perspectives as Kelly and I have talked about, like the perspective from Rolu and the perspective from Thaddeus. And to me, you just had this, like you were like, sure, I'll look into that for like, that's kind of odd, but like, that's what I do. Uh, so I'll do that for you. And then even when you gave it to him and then even when he said it, and then even when he holds up the poster, you're like, I yeah. think I'm starting to put it together. Like, yeah, you played it perfectly. Yeah, the skepticism was valid for uh, sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, what what my, did you think? Yeah, my skeptical attitude I uh, sort of brought into Terme as trying to be, you know, the broker between pe- members on the ship and different interests on the ship. What is what I imagine? Like, kind of the yeoman has to. He has to take a very bureaucratic, detached look from mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. rest of you know, the crew perhaps. And so I think like for me wanting also like, didn't want my character to necessarily pick a side yet. Right. Didn't want to, I mean, it was awkward for me. I'll be honest to, to try and play it. Cause I, I wasn't like, I know where it was going to a degree. Like obviously I didn't know to what extent, but <laughs> I wanted to right. see how far, it would go before I would have to make it that sort of sure. call that yeah. decision. That makes sense. Like it, it, that's, that's probably so wise Tremay. actually. Um, yeah. Another, another point for Tremay's wisdom, to be honest, I was going to say it, you, you all don't know until later. And we'll get into this, that like Thaddeus already was put on the ship so that he right. could keep an eye on Rolu. So there was already even, stuff. Even John didn't really know that I until no no, no. this last no episode. Idea. Yeah. But anyway, I, we'll talk about that as it comes up. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. And and I was just gonna say, I really like that Terme played that because it's like you already have like Thaddeus and Rolo, so it's like two sides of an extreme. Cool, like they're setting up a conflict, and then you have Chuck who's like blossoming into this like how like, like wild thing, and then Terme. Like you were the important like, and we'll get to it at the end. But it's like if you hadn't like if Chuck hadn't convinced you, things would have gone different. Like, right? Like, you were the important piece there for things to move that they did. Like, that was the final domino that needed to fall. If that didn't happen, it was going to be different. And to your point about the being awkward, like, I, I get it. I think it's just 
us all being transparent with each other, very clear about what we're okay with, especially when it comes to like this kind of interplayer conflict that bleeds into your characters. Like we've all right. like behind the scenes, we're all transparent and open and checking in and like making sure it's, you know, cool. So like, uh, and to be a abundantly transparent, I still don't know if John f***ed me on that. But like, I sort of imagine, yeah, we'll talk I can't to wait to while. get to it too. But yeah, <laughs> an ideological diamond where we've got Thaddeus on the left, we've got Rolu on the right. Termaiden is our anchor on the ground. Yeah, and. Uh, Chuck is just up in the clouds doing whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> doing whatever Chuck well, does. And, and as, as a GM, like, again, which is hilarious to me because, like, we've talked so many times about how terrible mechanically the makeup of our party is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not missing a lot of things. Only oh, one sure. person can have medicine, computers. One person can do medicine and computers. We have no tank. Somebody had like a 10 in, in piloting for no reason. We, that was me. Because we Hi. were pirates. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we were pirates. I fully expected to pilot a craft at some yeah, point. Yeah, I was, totally I was expecting that too, guy. But like the, 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 the intrigue and how we melded as a crew was always really entertaining well, to and this, me. And this is me. I'm, I'm guilty of this. And I'm sorry, Will, because you were the experiment. I had, I had <laughs> Rolu, I know. I know Rolu, I know where he starts, I know where he begin, where he ends. And then I have Thaddeus who's chasing Rolu. So there's right. clear like uh, opposites. And like you said there's a triangle. Then we have Chalk and I know Chalk. Chalk is Goldhorn's plant who's now getting out and experiencing life for the first time. But it's Terme. Terme was the unknown. And I was so every time one of these like one of these pivot points came, I had no idea how you were going to respond. But that's the experiment. It was you knew nothing. Going through this entire game, I really didn't. And and every time it came up, I was just like, "What is he gonna do?" And I was just like, oh, "I'm watching you." Like, "Oh my god, how's he gonna respond?" And I think like, I think how Termay responds is almost how the listener is probably responding mm-hmm. to it all. Yeah, I think Termaiden was the Greek chorus of this drama. Right? Yeah, you were the Greek <laughs> chorus. You were the sure. barometer for the bullshit and everything. Yeah. And I love him for that. It's so good. And I'm sorry that you were you had to fall no, to that position, fine. but you did wonderfully. Happy to uh, be experimented on, I suppose. Can you say that again into the mic so I can just, know, just know that for people. For future yeah. reference so you can for scrape this audio? Yeah, I'll scrape it. And so much by John. Yeah, so much. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so you guys finish your tasks. You go back to uh, Merck and Kesh. You tell them, hey, we found all the parts. Get us into the Stellar Flare. Fari 13 is still with you during all of that. Uh, Kevin, are Merck and Kesh like? Did you already determine that they were together, or did you just like you know under pressure at the end? You're like, now nah, they're together. Were they together uh, like from the very beginning in your head, in your canon? I no. So in the book, they're just friends. Okay. Um, and and they're kind of described that way. As for the relationship between them, I think like it was it was John's like Rolu's relationship to the other Keshti that kind of led to. Oh uh, yeah, letting Merck and Cash kind of blend closer. Aww. I I like them. I like the idea of them being. Yeah, a they're a good couple. I think I yeah. shipped I shipped them for you. Yeah, you shipped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I do. Too. So uh, I felt like it was really interesting. What what felt like early on, and I wasn't sure if it was a security blanket or if it was an implied romantic interest between Very Thirteen and Rolu, 
What you guys didn't see, John was like, whoa, I've never seen your eyes that wide in 30 something years. Um, the, and I was like, okay, cool. I think Chalk would be really interested in Merck and Cash and like what would a thruple look like in Right. In and this there, there was like a, a Chalk right. Merck thing going on for a little yes. bit too, which we never got back to. But We never did. And that's okay. We'll get to the back end of it as we get to later episodes. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> is is Rolu interested in um uh what's his name? Cordal? Cordal? Coral? Yeah. Coral? Coral. Yeah. Like, like, you Portal? know, romantically. Yeah, 100%. Oh, okay. 100%. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm just making sure. Yeah. It's good to know. I ship them too. Cool. Okay, so right. you guys, you. you guys, uh, head off to the stellar, f- or to, to the stellar flare itself. You brought everything. You, you're like, hey, this is all the parts you need. Merkin Cash were like, cool, I got the parts. We can make a bomb because that's uh, what people do. And, um, <laughs> you make your way. Yep. Yeah. It just, just takes what people, people. Parts yeah. and make bombs. <laughs> yep. That's what everyone does, Kev. <laughs> And so, so right. then you you go so to the right. stellar flare and and again I think the stellar flare I forget exactly how it's written in the book but I added that religious tone to it that it is some kind of temple to great. the the trash hunters but it meant great. nothing to the Akeshtis. I I kind of wanted to add that in so the the Akeshtis, because like right after we hopped in we saw the two well one we had a really fun rude awakening with that fucking turret. <sighs> Sorry. After we got past that, that was a terror. Okay. Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. F- finding the two Akeshti that just teleported in and were immediately mowed down by the same fucking turret. Right. Like that, that conflict, the turf war between the Akeshti and the goblins was really personified in that single, like, okay. The goblins claimed dibs because they had the know-how to get in, but also the Akeshti were there first. And that, like, how much of this you made up and how much tension it created is wildly impressive. So uh, I think I just dropped you onto the page on Roll20 just so you can see. You this did. Is, this is the actual size of the map the book has given. Wow. It's tiny, and this wow. I'm angry about. This is my biggest complaint about this book is the mid-zone is too small. So I actually sized this up. I think um, – what is – I forget what it is. I doubled it at least, um, if not quadrupled Oh, yeah. It. And you made um, it one square is like 20 wow. feet or 10 feet. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you set up a literal turf war. A literal yep. turf war. And in the, in the book, it is bomb gozzle is on one side, Asasha is on the other, and you guys in the middle, and you guys are fighting each other. There is a there is a rule in the book about, like, you could roll diplomacy to get them to attack each other. But I was like, no, we need more. We need... So I added in the Akeshtis on one side and the goblins on the other, and I had them fighting each other. Um, I think it mentions them uh, kind of in the background in the book, like they're supposed to be like, Oh, they're on the sides. But like the fight is just the three of you. It's the, the, your group and the two big bads. Yeah. But let me take you now from, from what you see now on the map, uh, which is small. Uh, <laughs> I dropped you into, where's the other mid zone? This scene. I was, I was trying to draw. So I, I turned it. I also turned it because the, the stellar flare is set where the door is to the south. So I rotated the mid zone so that it would be the same orientation. Makes sense. And then good. I then I just expanded that that page up. And when I did that, I was able to add in all the extra goblins and Akeshtis, but I only wanted the background. So I didn't want them to be actually a part of the fight, which is hilarious because I think it was Terme who was like, I want to f- f- kill all the goblins. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
And he started targeting them, and I was like, "No, you can't do that. You can't target them." And you were like, "Why?" And I was like, "Please don't. I just, I didn't, I didn't account for this." Um, like, yeah. So you guys, so I dropped you into the mid zone. I gave you that big fight. Um, it, it has a little play, but I was able to like, I let you guys talk down, uh, Bomb Gazzle. Asashla. You let us try to talk down Bomb Gazzle. Asashla was always going to die. I believe it says that in the book. I think Bomb Gazzle. I forget exactly what it says in the book about whether or not you can. Basically, once he's down, he he runs away. Like he's out of his armor, he's got less strength. Whatever, he runs off. Um, but I was like, no, you guys can communicate with him. And that's when Rolu kicked him in the ass. Well, so Rolu didn't kick him in the ass until after the conflict was resolved, right? What, what I thought was really intriguing, and I thought was a really interesting take on turf wars, was we had not a single. Like, because usually in, especially in tabletop realms, you've got a really clear villain. You've got a really clear hero, and your villain and your hero duke it out on the on the field of battle until one of them wins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, I felt like this was a much more accurate representation of what conflict really looks like. You've got factions that you really have no influence on on the map, fighting each other. We had, we had factions of goblins and factions of Akeshti that were in very clear, open, you know, firing shots at each other. We had a Sashla who was just like wrecking goblins and Akeshtis alike, Akeshtis that weren't necessarily following her orders. We had Bomgazel in this really sort of cobbled together suit of armor who was monumentally pissed at Chalk for killing Tankerton. <laughs> Another nod to your religious, uh, yep. to your, yep. to the pious yep. nature of goblins in this universe. Yep. And like how, how real and how lived in this world felt at this moment might have been the most lived in of just about any world that I've, I've been in Absolutely. in a tabletop experience. I, I have to thank Chalk cool. for that. Like, it was funny because uh, all of you, I think Tremay took the lead on saying like, hey, let's let's talk this out. Like, we believe in the same God that you do. Um, and then Chuck rolled a, a wisdom save and was like, no, f*** that. I killed him. I'm the king. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't no, end there. Because I almost forgot about this. This was when Chuck doubled down on the... I'm receiving a message from Triune. <laughs> I remember that. Like we all, like we all broke. We all broke so quickly with that. It was amazing. It was so good. It was uh, so good. It was like top three moment of the entire show. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so you guys, funny. so you finished that fight. Uh, Sasha, Sasha died. Uh, some Kesshis died. Some goblins died. Bomb Gozzle broke into pieces and turned out it wasn't Bob Gozzle. It was Bomb Gozzle and two other goblins in a, yeah. three three goblins in a mech suit. Um, Perfect. I, I just want to personally thank Kev for making that happen. Yeah. I was yeah. asking for three goblins in something <laughs> for months. <laughs> I was like, true. this is perfect. I'm going to make this happen. It's true. And it like changed it the night of. Like, yeah. Um, and then you guys took camp there. And during the camp, I put you guys in the watches. And I, I randomly coupled you with uh, different characters. Those scenes turned out, again, this is just me f***ing around. Like, I'm going to give you guys a ch second chance to, like, just improv it out. And, uh, Chuck, you, you had a whole... <laughs> Let's go knock on the doors. Yeah, Ding let's... Dong ditch. Well, like, it, okay. It was right around Halloween. 
So yeah. like I I had just done the whole trick or treating thing. I you know my wife took the kids to get candy, and you, I was the one that stayed at the house and handed stuff out. You know whatever happens <laughs> happens. I will neither confirm nor deny that happened. But like only two yeah. pe- people you know, and then help them. Why not? Why not? Ding dong ditch a sacred monument. Right? What's the worst that could be in there? <laughs> he said sheepishly. Yeah. Oh, the confidence so like, of youth. In hindsight, like this fucking rutabaga had no idea that they were drift dead that could have answered the door. Right. But yeah, why not? Just like knock, knock, knock. What happens, happens. Yeah. I think that turned into such a cool scene. Yes. Um, but I gave you, I gave each of you that opportunity, and then for I was literally rolling randomly about whether or not uh, you would see something, and it was for Rolu that I added in the pterosaurs. And pterosaurs oh, are an yeah. actual character from uh, one of the alien archives, and I was like, oh, I'm, I wanted a creature that was large and intimidating that could fly, but that didn't. I, I had to ground them because nothing flies in Kafak. I had to like reinforce <laughs> that. And so I was like, I'm going to make these pterosaurs walk across the desert. But I I was fully ready for you guys to fight these things. I had stat blocks and everything, but Rolu chickened out and just let him walk by. So Did I chicken out or did I just make a tactical call? No, yeah. I mean, it, it, like, it, it was a cool scene, and I'm always a fan of, like, the tension that happens and then just, like, with the people knocking at the door. And then, it, you know, like, you're waiting for it to happen, and then it doesn't. Because there's already enough that went on with, you know, uh, just that whole fight that we didn't we didn't need that. We didn't need that. And I, I thought that was good. I think it was a good resolve. Like, it was just enough tension in the middle of the night to keep going. And I think this goes back to playing D&D with you guys, where it was every time we went down for a nap, somebody had to wake us up for, for combat. And and there are rules to like random encounters and all that fun stuff. And it's fun stuff. I I hate being woken up in the middle of the night. Period. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Um, cool. So we woke up the next morning and we were like, hey, let's go into the Stellar Flare. That's when shit hit the fan. Um, Stellar Flare was intense. And I don't uh, – we'll talk about how much I changed on it. I really didn't change all that much. That trap was legit. The turret was legit. In fact, the only thing that wasn't legit was how easy it was to stop. Is it because we did awesome? I don't remember it being easy at all. I remember it mowing down like three goblins outside the front door. Yeah, exactly. I think it only killed one goblin. I the way you described that. I think it was only one goblin. I think I I, I managed to like position them a certain way. You did try to invite Vari 13 in, which they probably would have gone down in that attack. (laughs) I, I distinctly remember like, no, we were, Vari 13, you really should come with us. And Kev was like, no, she really should wait outside. They should wait outside. Yeah. They should wait outside. Thank you. I think I, I remember. I remember saying, "Like, you know, it's dangerous in there, and they probably shouldn't." So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that that trap, I think, I played pretty pretty straight out of the book. It, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to it's stop. It's hard to trick, and it will tear you down. Uh, traps in I my notes right now just says traps suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like Starfinder traps are dangerous. Because so. like I I because I, I think Chalk is the only one with computers, right? Is that or like the highest computers? Yeah, you have the highest computers. Absolutely. And so like Chalk tried to take care of a couple of different things, and eventually just fucking shot yep. the damn thing. 
Yep. Yeah. It's like I'm just going to shoot the computer because. And this is I this is one of the conversations I had else. with 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 Jeremy and Adam in our in my like Junkers GM group about like what do I do for this trap because they're going to try this this and this like I need to have every avenue covered and figure it out and and it's one of those things like well this is what the book says this is what the rules say this is what you could do. And I think both of them so much for all their support, both emotionally and technically uh, during this campaign. But yeah, you guys made it through the trap though. You actually handled it pretty well. It was, you realized it was going to run for, I think six rounds. So you just hid from it. And yeah, then we ran out to took it out. So you got through that trap. Um, all the ghost shit in the book, the ghosts are in that room and you fight them. The dead drifts are back in that back room. Everything else I inserted. I inserted Dude. I inserted the scene with in the room where you heard the tray drop. I inserted uh, all the things walking through the hallways. And I love the way those scenes played out on that episode. I very distinctly remember like such a sixth sense moment of like, okay, I'm trying to explain to the rest of the crew like this is what I'm seeing and, and no one believes you, right? me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's ex- yeah, it's exactly and I, it. I didn't exactly expect it. it to come out that way. I thought it was you guys would be like, oh, f- that there's ghosts here. Like, be ready. But no, it was like it, it tore you guys apart. It was I don't believe yeah. that f- it. And it was it got into the conversation about like, what is what does it mean to be a ghost? But right. yeah, in the book, it's in the book. It's just two two drift dead or in those two rooms or in that one like, room from a from a metagaming perspective. One, I felt like the ghosts were indicating something. Okay, we need to go explore this space because mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. the signpost for me to guide us in that particular direction. From a narrative perspective, like Chuck is on his first ever field mission, he's seeing fucking ghosts. <laughs> seeing shit. So yeah. like <laughs> the rest of the crew's like, "Yo, are you all right, dude? <laughs> you need a vacation because because." <laughs> What you're doing is not consistent with what the rest of us is doing. Yeah. But yeah, it was awesome. St- I had a lot of fun prepping the Stellar Flare stuff. I think I was really upset with myself because I meant to, the the security bot is like supposed to be located somewhere and you guys run into it. Mm. I was like, well, I'm going to make it move. And so I was like, I'm going to put it in this corner and every round I'm going to move it three squares or whatever. And I forgot. I was so enthralled with that fight with the um with the turret that by the time you guys solved the turret and figured it out it was will that was like what's that thing in the corner and i'm not even sure that made it into the edit <laughs> and i was like no fuck me ah um and that was just again it was it was i i just forgot i actually i had it on my excel sheet and everything to do that and it just didn't happen you were doing a great job don't worry right. it, so it, like uh the, the artwork disappeared i can't delete it damn it it's fine explicitly you forgot but also like just the sound just the description of that ticking sound the the tap 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 exactly like the ominous nature of the inside of the stellar flare or the part that we're in right now or the part that we were in to finish the adventure yeah and, and again like this is I added a ton of stuff to this but like I didn't vary too much from what was already provided I just I just developed it more and you that's my advice to new GMs is don't be afraid to embellish that. Don't just make it your own. You made an atmosphere 
And it's when the atmosphere influences player decisions that I think you start to get to the real fun part of the game. Benny said it, and I just realized it earlier. When you made the conflict between the Kestis and the Goblins and us and all that feel so real, it I, John, as Rolu, kicked over Baumgazel because I was like mad at Baumgazel because I thought Baumgazel was going to be on our side. And then Baumgazel got like attack chalk. And I'm like, what the hell? Don't you see what the real problem is here? Like we are helping you out. And I got upset. And then in the stellar flare, this ambiance made us question shock. It made us like question what was going on. Like, what is the actual purpose here? What did we get ourselves into? And it's all because you added in these extra things that changed the ambiance and the environment and how we felt just looking at a map on a screen. Right. And that's, this, that's something I played a lot with was like, where, the, where do I drop these things so you run into them next? And how do I describe them? It's great. I, I felt like this was a significant shift from happy-go-lucky pirate adventure in the desert to thriller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Psychological, like, you don't know what's behind this door. If it's going to be an empty room, if it's going to be a wall of sand, if it's going to be zombie drifted trying to kill you. If it's yeah. going to be an electric floor that shocks and kills me, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> that that's in the, that's that was by the book. <laughs> Fun house. The electric of shock terror. was by the book. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I didn't, and that's the thing is I didn't I didn't change the mechanics of the stellar flare at all. I just like you said, I changed the ambiance, the atmosphere. Yeah. You made it far more sinister. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, it really <laughs> right. was. Which was awesome. I also awesome. did. I'm I'm sad you guys didn't use. Like, Round of I think applause. Rolu was the only one to actually use anything. Um. I did add all of that was, stuff into the storage unit with the, the the spell gems and the scrolls. I was going to use the acidic mist on a test run. I know, right. I know. Yeah, and then you uh, nerfed well, that anyway. Which, we'll like, talk this in a bit. We'll talk it, to this. from from a universal perspective. Like pre gap relics have to have a ridiculous amount of value. So like dropping pre gap scrolls into the stellar flare not only aged the stellar flare appropriately but also we're like okay these are the stakes that you are playing on and i don't think i think the only thing that's actually in that room in the book is the zero um well it's not even yeah sorry i got i had a burp um the uh the Zero Frost Blaster, it's not that in the book. I forget what it is. Frostbite Class Zero Pistol. Right. In the book, it's a, a melee weapon that has um, a ghost killer fusion. And one Yeah, thing that would have been useful. That's really yeah, right. useful. Yeah, wow. But the problem is, you guys, none of you are melee fighters. Even after I gave the Dashko to Kelly. By the way, everything that Zethered dropped was not in the book. I added all of that for you guys to play with, including Kelly asked me for a flaming sword from the very beginning of this book. <laughs> and I was like, I'll try to work that oh, in. So yeah. I gave him a flaming Ember Dashko, which is actually out of Junker's Delight. It was made for this book, but it was the, the flaming Dashko is Dotrulu's weapon. That's the only reason it's in this book. When, when, I, when I was talking to Kevin, I was like, actually, initially I wanted a lightsaber is what I wanted. So basically, <laughs> when Tronin, Tez Tronin showed up, not, not Tez Tronin, yeah, Tez Tronin showed up, I was like, Yes, perfect. This is where I'm getting it from. Kevin's dropping it for me. <laughs> the, the, the Solarian. And I was like, when we're done with her, I'm going to pick off Solarians the can't drop their weapons. It says that in the book. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't know that. 
but then anyway, things turned out as as they did. Those scrolls are really from like Pathfinder era, like like pre gap. So like I forget exactly how I worked them out. I think I actually crazy. pulled all the spells I pulled. I think I pulled from Starfinder. So I found Starfinder spells that but, would work yeah. on, and I just add. I put them on scrolls. But, but a, they, I mean, again, yeah. and this is just talking about like I love Paizo for this. Is a lot of stuff that comes from Pathfinder is directly. Yeah. Relinked so or Starfinder right. is directly mm-hmm. linked to Pathfinder, so like the spells aren't that different. They all cor- no. you know, correlate. So we um, know uh, as a random side point, but the connection between Pathfinder and Starfinder it'd be kind of cool to see like elves and dwarves because they still exist in this universe. They're they they're do. seldom elves played. Do. They're on Castravel. Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of it'd be kind of cool to see them around again. Anyway, yeah, elves canonically come from Castravel. Anyway, that's data nice. storage supply closet. Were you looking else to see what we did? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually so supply closet is actually only two paragraphs long, and it says, um, during a short leave on Aposte, a clever drow merchant duped a member of the ship's crew into spending their credits on an unwieldy drow. magic Sorry. weapon. Later, Aposte. the uh, the embarrassed crew member hid their purchase. A character who succeeds at DC twenty one perception check finds a loose panel with the uh, ghost killer tactical swoop hammer. But this is, and this again, this is Junker's Delight being amazing. Is there is this, I'll show you guys to the screen. There are these blue blocks. That blue block is a GM note. And the GM note says if your players aren't melee characters, you might want to give them an alternative. And the alternative is the zero, uh, where is it? Zero class frostbite pistol? Yes. A a frostbite class zero pistol. It says you might want to actually switch it. So I did. Um, And that's because you get at least half damage from that. As opposed mm-hmm. to, but also I thought I also thought too that the Ghost Killer Fusion was very telling, and I didn't want that to be a spoiler. Sure, fair enough. So the um, something, and I want to take a half step back before we get into the um, stellar flare. When we were doing our overnight watches, one of the 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 myths I guess that the Goblin shared with Chuck was that the ship groans every few years, like somebody tries to leave with the ship every so often yeah tell me more about that i i made all that shit up um but that, awesome. that that was my so my idea was like each of them when i think in the book there is a section where they tell you like i think it's kesh and merc are the ones that tell you like rumors about mm-hmm. the stellar flare and they gave you some ideas i think about the ghosts is in there and it, it's just like sentences single sentence hey ghost there's ghosts there's blah blah um and so but the one with the groaning i think i made that one up the idea was that they at least the idea that i put into it was these these drift uh dead that are in here occasionally try to start the ship they they all come back to life or enough that they are able to start up the ship and get it moving and then it doesn't go anywhere. But in in reality, what I wanted to, what was actually happening is the gray. And we'll talk mm. about the gray in a little bit. But the gray is doing shit. And that is what the Akeshtis and the, the goblins are hearing. Another thing I was playing with too is that the goblins have a very short lifespan. I think their lifespan is only 40, 40 or 60 years. Mm. So the idea that they, they have accelerated um, like uh, aging. Yeah. So a young Akeshti versus an old Akeshti is much shorter than what you're used to. So 10 years is a long time to a goblin. It's kind of what yeah. I wanted to play That's with. Fair. That's fair. That's um, fair. Uh, Will, fantastic use of all your equipment inside oh, the yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. What did I do? Wow. 
Both uh, before and after. The, <laughs> the flash grenade with the oh, yeah. with the proximity mine, like the all, all like, of that stuff. Genius. I try. Well, and I feel like Will is is becoming famous for like, okay, I'm going to create all of this synergy between my features and my abilities and my equipment. Yep. Yeah. And this goes this goes back to our D and D game, which you weren't a part of, Vinny. Uh, ball bearings. Will's Will's <laughs> rogue always carried ball bearing balls. Just to clarify, ball bearing balls, uh, and would throw them at the most opportune times, which led to I think a multi kill of wolves uh, on, on a, a rickety very bridge. small bridge. Yeah, <laughs> many wolves dropped to their death. Where yeah. after Kevin uh, posted like a picture of of a bunch of dead wolves, <laughs> like in a, like a notes. <laughs> yep, it's yep. a way to mock all of us. I think. Uh, yep, it's funny. I uh, I'd like to uh, try and think about what my character would uh, would purchase and, and take with him on a on a journey such as this. And uh, I, I I was gonna mention it too when we were doing the Zethel Red Camp. I'm I was like marking, like I try to I I, I look ingenious. at these like puzzles as puzzles, mm-hmm. and my character is like trying to navigate so you would like leave breadcrumbs be like okay let's step here guys come on and i i think i just skipped over that but yeah the zethel red map is that's a like that's it straight out of the book is there are locations where there are mines and if you get hit by the mine you explode um and it i think it was it was will that was like wait we need to we need to figure out where these mines are and play minesweeper in, in case we have to run through this again <laughs> yeah <laughs> which and it worked like, out so well it was it was so it was hilarious to me as as an audience member because like Terminator is like, yes, this is Minesweeper. We need to take a systematic approach. And Jack is like, la, 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 la. I'm just gonna run through what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. I, I was, that was one of those episodes that I was like, I don't know how this is gonna play out. We'll see. Classic, <laughs> classic. Yep, but. Um, awesome. So, so you guys made it through Stellar Flare. I think Stellar Flare took about four or five episodes to get through. I had a lot of fun with that. I think you guys played through it really well. You were very skeptical and moving around. That's when I introduced the gray for the first time officially. Was you guys came across that center corridor, and I I had the wall of blackness, and I I had the leg going through the wall. Again, you guys didn't know it was a gray. You, you still didn't know it was a gray. And then you guys ended up fighting the the two drifteds. I. I connected it all to the ghosts. I gave them personalities. The two Drifteds that were in there were the same Drifted, and they were just Drifted. But I was like, well, they mentioned the book does mention uh, Dr. Swinney. And I was like, why isn't Dr. Swinney mentioned anywhere else in this book? And so I made Dr. Swinney one of the two Drifteds. Um, and that's where I added in the, um, the tags, the ID tags. The ID tags are mentioned in the book, but not specifically. I think it says, like, oh, they can find them. But I was like, no, they find them on the body. It makes sense that those those are like badges that they're wearing, yeah. um, which those didn't really come into play at any point uh, more than I thought they would. But it was still well, fun. For the turret, yeah. The turret but it never actually came. It didn't like it never. It was orb. actively used, right? It's not like you guys were like the turret's on and I'm standing here and it's not hitting me. I don't think that actually happened, did it? It might have. Uh, I, I don't think I it did. I think by I the time it, it mattered, uh, it truly yeah. would have smashed it to pieces. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it was still a great part of the world to add in, right? I, there was a couple times that I was like, oh, man, Rolu's not wearing it. He's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you guys would have said, I'm starting it up now, and then, uh, yeah, I would have killed Rolu. Um, anyways, then I added the TV in there and the lighting, but the, the electricity trap was in there, 
and in the book as is. I didn't change much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lab. I changed everything in the lab. The lab is where the ghosts were? No, no. the lab's where the gray was. The, okay. the, the study room is where the ghosts were. Got I it. did add in the artifact thing that you guys found when I was, I was shocked that you guys were so fixated on the artifact. Cause again, that's a MacGuffin. Mm. There was like the thing on the floor. That was the a tree. A red herring basically. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it was the, a red herring. Um, it so like I, what I really love as a picture of a MacGuffin is the beginning. If anyone's ever seen it of Lego Batman, where the plane flying with all of the Batman villains is called MacGuffin Air. (laughs) (laughs) A MacGuffin is basically a plot um, device where it is the incentive for the protagonist to go do what they are going to do in the story. But not the the actual reason. No, the puck is is the real objective. It might be the MacGuffin is a a false reason. Oh, okay. This is new. I, I thought the yeah. MacGuffin is just an object that is the reason. It doesn't matter whether it's real or like a fake one is a red herring. If it like a MacGuffin's like, I, I gotta, gotta go Google get the this. one ring because that's a MacGuffin. Right. <sighs> and it, I, I, we talked about Jason Keeley and there was a, a divine, I forget, definition. I'm so sorry about your guys' podcast title. I'm just running a blank. Um, there's a podcast that talks, they actually interviewed Jason Keeley about this episode and we'll drop the link for it. But, um, and he mentions that the MacGuffin is the the drift drive the entire time. The MacGuffin is a drift drive. Uh, it is an object. This is by definition, according to dictionary.com, um, an object or device in a movie or book that serves merely as a trigger for a plot point. Okay. So I was using that, the little statue of Triune to get you guys into the room. Mm. That was it. So that is a MacGuffin. Okay, it is a MacGuffin. so the puck is not a MacGuffin. That makes so sense. I guess a, a red herring would be the uh, would be that plus the fact that it is false. It is a false narrative. Yes, so I think. Draw you away. So I think the statue of Triune was a red herring. Yes, it was also a MacGuffin. Because what happened was, uh, Chuck, at, at least uh, I, as the player, thought the statue was the trigger for whatever we were afraid of, yep. or like whatever Wilson, yeah, like haunting. And so was, yeah, Terme was all over it too. He was like, what, if I destroy it, will that save me? And I was like, you can roll mysticism, I guess. (laughs) I made this up, man. I don't know. (laughs) But. The um, games are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Right. And the way you guys handled those were, I I loved those. I I loved playing that game with you fighting the incorporeals and the, and like the whole action scene at the end where you are all like back to back to back to back. Do, 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 do. John Wickenet. Well, like, so, so there was a lot, there were a few moments where Chuck was like, cause this is his first field experience hitting the kill shot on Tinkerton was one of the most surreal, like, okay, I could actually do this. I'm actually, a, I'm a real field agent right now. Getting knocked down multiple times by the drift dead was one of those like come to Jesus moments where Chuck was like, okay, maybe I'm not actually what? cut out and, for this. Cause you also took out bomb guzzle, right? Or, yeah. or Sashla, one of the two, you like got the final shot on them. So yeah. yeah, you're right. You were like inflated ego at that point. And then, Absolutely. then you rolled. I love the, f- I love the wisdom saves uh, and how you always fail. Them. Same. Uh, <laughs> well, like, so this is, this is what happens as a player. So, cause the conflict is existential. Love it. I want to do a thing. I think this is a good choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we are all on this podcast playing other individuals. 
so like how does how do we make these individuals feel lived in how do we make decisions on behalf of other people that we hope would be authentic to them yeah uh, I just sort of so took true. the easy way out and said, "We'll let the dice decide." What? A, and I think it, it fit choice, perfectly for Chalk because, like, Chalk is is kind of um, what's the word for it? Un, unpredictable, foolhardy. With yeah, and so it's like leaving that up to the dice was the right answer. I think, I, I and it made for some amazing scenes as a leaf in the wind, just blowing <laughs> around, floating by, Fair. and like however way the wind blows. <laughs> that's how that's the Rex Light Life. So it, it it we're we're we've talked recently about writing bios for our website for the Junkers Delight characters, not just for our threefold characters. Fine. And I describe Chalk as everyone's drunk uncle who makes most of their decision by rolls of the dice. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think that's 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 Chalk. That's the Raxolite lifestyle. I didn't choose the Raxolite. It chose me. It chose the Raxolite chose me. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that. That led you guys into the lab. Finally, that is like the lab is the final stage. Um, even with the Dotrulu fight, and I'll get to that in a little bit. So you guys got into the lab. You got through that that clean room. Hmm. So here's where things took a took a left turn. The book says there's a drift phantom, and you find the information. I added the gray. I added the gray for the whole story purpose. I added the gray to connect us back to threefold. And I, I told John, John didn't know about the gray until too late. And I was like, Hey John, I got this idea for this gray. I told him like really early on. And when I finally pointed out where it was going to be, I think John was like, don't put the gray in, just don't do it. And, uh, I, I was like, well, too late. I'm already doing it, man. (laughs) I didn't say that to him, but that's kind of like how it ended up. Um, Kev said, "You're not my real dad." <laughs> but yeah, the the uh, I think putting putting the gray in there, I added the gray in a little bit, but I didn't want them to make them too strong. I didn't want them to make them take over the scene. They were, but the idea is that the gray has been here for 300 years since the wreck, 300 years ago, and it's been closed inside of this lab for that long, and it's been trying to get a hold of that that stone. Different. And it was only yeah. in the last 10 years that it was able to create Tinker Ten to go outside and get in. What? But it is an old gray that's been isolated for that long, which is another reason I made the Aklo language be... Okay, I'm calling a timeout. Here's why. What, what Kev just said, and I don't want this to be lost on anyone, within the last 10 years created Tinkerton to come out. So Kev just tied together the short lifespan of goblins... The short lifespan of Akeshti, the existence of the Gray in the lab, and everything that's happening on the Stellar Flare to one single sentence. The Gray created Tinkerton to go out and find this rock, which uh, served as a whole lot of inspiration for what we as a crew did. I mean, that was that was my gimmicks for it i wouldn't say the that the stuff like i think the drift dead existed long before this i think the sure. drift dead probably existed since since the crash and what, what i'm getting at is like the gray has been experimenting this whole time it wasn't until the last 10 years that they were like well i can conjure this drift golem to go get it and and then the drift drift phantom was kind of a separate thing i i originally why didn't the uh, gray go himself because grays aren't supposed to be seen 
It's part of their culture. Okay. That's right. at least that's the way I viewed it. Was like they're secretive. They I would agree. It's it's a cultural aspect that they have to exist in the shadows. That to another be thing is, is to be defeated. Another thing I'm toying with that I don't know if John is. It's it's up to John, but like a thing that I toyed with is the idea that this was a young gray along for the adventure that got almost abandoned. And so they don't it's not like they were they weren't like a soldier. On they couldn't mission. go out on their own necessarily. It's like a child or an infant trying to reach which, out which into then the gets void, right? And which then adds to the idea of them trying to get home, at least with with all the information I gave you on the computer. So there was that aspect of it. What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh yeah, the Drift Phantom. I think in, so. In the book, the Drift Phantom just exists. It does. It does take on your ability or your perspective. Different characters. It does change shape, um, which I just lo- I love the idea of that. It's I cool. It's a cool character. Yep. But I, cool. I kind of just embellished on that a little bit. And originally I had the the Phantom kill the Grey. I was going to make you guys fight the Grey for a little bit. And then she does something, opens this portal. The Phantom comes out, s- swipes the Grey dead. And then you guys have to fight the Phantom. But I didn't like the way that turned out in the end. So I changed it on the fly. But... I think it was a good move. Yeah. It's always better, I think, for these kind of fights to, to up the challenge, right? To have both the Grey and the Drift Phantom. And and that Drift Phantom fight sucked. I think we should, yeah. But that's because well, I forgot how DR works, and I didn't even mention it to you guys, and that's my bad. But then Terme did that sweet cyclone, which was, was an cool. accident. Oh, yeah. It was a, <laughs> it was a fail. fail. <laughs> it was awesome. That somehow worked in our favor. <laughs> oh yeah, and then you had that bit where you were confused. Yeah, it was it was awesome. You no, know, I was just gonna take a half step back to to talk about how the phantom would have the phantom offing the gray would have either subverted the grays as the big bad of threefold, like mm-hmm. would have cheapened them as villains, or would have created the phantom as like this superhuman. Right, outrageously powerful uh, bad guy. Well, and, and in the book it says the Phantom exists because uh, the goblins actually get into it. So the whole like in the book the goblins are just um, like junk seekers. They the idea is that they are looking for technology, and so in the book they get into Stellar Flare, and when they get in there they trigger the security systems by starting up that drift drive, and that's what creates the Phantom and turns on the turret and blah blah blah. So I I just kind of took that out of it and said that the stellar flare was sealed this ent- entire time because the goblin or because the uh, the gray had that control. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Yeah. One other thing about that fight was you guys ran away. All of you. Mm-hmm. You pulled a full Thaddeus. Um, tactical and, retreat. Yes. And I was like, motherfuckers! Like, <laughs> well, okay, well, it, okay. We didn't it made sense. All story-wise. run away. It made perfect sense story-wise. And I think tactically speaking, we identified a couple of better opportunities to engage with this gray that would have included like, okay, maybe we can flank it in the halls. Maybe we can draw it out into like Mm -hmm. murder holes Mm -hmm. instead of like finding it on its own terms. Plus it's like, it's not our job to fight the gray. And like from Thaddeus's perspective, the only reason we're fighting him is because Roller refuses to give up this fucking puck right yep so then like it's like like we have a mission to do we have everything we need it is it is endangering the mission as well as our own lives to be fighting this great there's no reason to do it so he's just like just give him the puck 
he wouldn't do it. So then we're like, let's just get out of here. You know, it was a great scene. I mean, that all fits, right? Like that motivation tracks. Well, and I think that was the that was the beginning of the narrative of this is not just a Rolu story. No, this puck is not his ransom for something purely selfish. Right. Well, yeah, we don't know that until later, according to Rolu, at least, right? So, yeah, here we, we still don't still know that as selfish. players yeah, exactly. right now. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and this is this was one of the hardest things I had for this whole game was. Um, what does the puck actually do? And John don't he can't tell me. He oh, won't yeah, tell I me. Can't. Yeah. Because it still has implications in our main game. Yeah, that that can't be said. Right. And and this is the wild part of we'll save in the um we'll save in the Interstellar Tales from the uh Intergalactic Adventure Anthology, thank you. Like there are adventure questions anthology. from this adventure that still remain unanswered. Yeah. Yep. Well, and this this was a good turning point. So you guys killed you killed the gray. Um, Tremay tried to to rise it from the dead with grave words again. F- f- you and your grave words. I hate. Classic. Who doesn't want to talk to uh, the dead? Just a second. Thank you to Jason Keeley and his New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, you guys killed the, the drift phantom after we you know retconned that entire fight. That's when we we got to that situation with. With uh, with Rolu, Rolu had the stone in his pocket, and he was actually paralyzed by the the Drift Phantom. And just full transparency for the listener, we re-recorded that in the end because we had a huge debate on what it meant to actually take something out of somebody's pocket. Yeah. So the lead up to that moment, the whole lead up, much like some other things that happened in the end, was not planned. What was planned. Me not knowing what was going to happen. Kelly and I saying, is something going to happen now? Because everybody knows about the puck. And we talked about so many opportunities, all these possibilities. Are we prepared for PvP? What are we thinking is going to happen? And then Kelly just jumped in saying, I'm going to seize this moment. And then we start the next episode, this line in the sand. Well, And and I think we didn't didn't really talk on it too much, but uh, Kelly had secretly been telling me he wants to fight Rolu. He told like me that he too. Wants a, he wants a battle with Rolu. He wants Thaddeus and Rolu to fight. And I was like, yes, let's do this. And I told Kelly, I was like, even in that episode, I was messaging him. I was like, if you're going to attack him, attack him now. If you're going to attack him, attack yeah, him now. Yeah. Attack him now. Yeah. This is the time to attack him. I'm like yep. messaging him this and he doesn't attack him. And, and I was just I like, son of a like, bitch. Fuck. Like he's ah. just like messaging me these like, you know, angry, like <laughs> frustrated things. Uh, but like, it just didn't seem appropriate in that moment because, you know, he was frozen I could take it peacefully. Thaddeus could take it peacefully. And Thaddeus, as much as like he does rage out every now and again, you have to remember that some of his inspiration is Shere Khan. Shere Khan is cunning, and it's only in those moments where he really loses. He's it, also he loses calculating. It, he's calculating. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like, it's not wise to like you know exactly ex, you know kill Rolu without necessity. So be That's far more valuable as a prisoner. Uses a lot of information on here's tactics. Yeah. In yeah, tactically yeah, tactics, Kevin. One day you'll one day you'll see what I mean. So that that I mean, like that interaction with you guys all I I love that scene, but at the same time I was like biting my own fingernails trying to figure out like I had an idea for what was supposed to happen and you were not doing that at all. None of you. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so then we were like, then, Well, maybe we'll fight later, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and this is also an interesting turning point in the book because in the book it says 
the true warriors attack and you have this moment that the the whole um uh, scrap points thing exists in the book. I I think I developed it a little bit more and tried to shift it some uh, to get you. And I was because my goal was to draw you guys out of the lab and spread you out into the the stellar flare for mm. the combat. But in the book, it's written basically. You guys have scrap points, and you can you each roll a check to get so many scrap points, and you can set so many traps, and so many traps then um, basically take off, just kill each one as I come in, and I you remember run. That. And, and, and your question was like, how much junk did you collect? And we were all like, none. none. <laughs> right. And I, I remember I remember distinctly throughout the game going like, this is scrap. And you guys like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is uh, a, a t- like when there's a new mechanic to a game that already has so many rules, I think you have to be upfront about it. And that's not on you. That's just like that doesn't well, happen and, and, often and in adventures in, where they're like, hey, this is going to matter. And I'm not going to tell you how until later. I, I don't like think that's a part of the book even. I feel like there's two different types of players. There's one type of player that will collect literally everything you yeah. can pick up. Yep. And the other type that's like, okay, I have a limited amount of inventory and I only want to pick up only the important things. Exactly. Yeah. All four of us ended up the latter. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and well, and I think the book doesn't actually have you collect them throughout the game because the the scrap in this game they introduced the junk mancer, which is an amazing archetype. Which apparently I learned this. Thank you, Adam. Uh, that anybody can take an archetype, not just technomancers. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That's so cool. a junk anybody can right. be a junker mancer t- archetype. Um, but so the 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 junk you find throughout the game is actually supposed to be used for those spells where the junk in the scrap point system is only from the rolls. But I wanted to, I wanted to mix it up a little bit and like, uh, I wanted to fuck with you guys. Cause I know you didn't collect anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I also in the game, you basically just like eliminate, like there's four Yosokis. You only, you only fight three based off of the number of traps you have, like a trap kills everybody essentially yep. like one trap kills one person and then they all attack you within the lab. You're in the mm-hmm. lab and you're attacked constantly. And I was like, no, I want them to, I want to draw them out. I want to give you the full battlefield to play with. And that worked. I think you guys came out. I had these hookies all come in. Way better. Um, Oh, thanks. Uh, I thought it was fun for you guys to like try to figure out which way they were going to go. And, and like, I, I was able to have a yeah, the whole, them, how to, yep. Like the it, whole hobo load, I loved the hobo load. It was like, great. It was great. It was. It was the difference between checkers and chess. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then Dotrulu comes, and Dotrulu and Tez come in, and that was that fight was fucking phenomenal. It thank was so much Jason. fun. Again, thank yeah, you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, incredible. He he made that fight amazing. I'm actually curious his reaction to your transition from drawing us out and making us fight in the battlefield to taking the fight into the stellar flare. I forget exactly what I warned him with going into the match. I tried to give him just enough to play as Dotrulu. So I didn't I didn't give him a whole lot of backfeed. I didn't tell him like our entire story. I was just like, they're pirates, they're here to take to kill you. <laughs> and so I think he didn't really have much of a perspective on that. I, I'm not I can't speak for Jason, but like I don't think I don't think he thought otherwise about the the map usage, if that makes sense. Yeah. Got it. He played a but, well, he just but, rolled in. He, he yeah. just rolled in, but then the imagery of this giant 
giant character just like moving through the halls, ducking down a bit, smashing things on his way, stepping on people's heads and arms. Yeah, it was was phenomenal. His like his whole proposition was really creative too. He he says like, look, just one of you, one of you up against me, and that's it. They take the whole thing and whatever, and then and then and then Terme ballsy as he was was like, I'll do it, guys. I love that. I think I I told Vinny about that, but like. Jason messaged me like privately, like, can I try something? And I was like, yeah, f- yeah, man, I trust you yeah, fully with it. this. Go do whatever you want to do. And he, yeah. that's when he pulled it out and was like, let's, let's do the duel. Which one do so you want to fight me? And so I was like, good. oh my God, this is so great. Yeah, yeah. And him and I were messaging, pri- like, like I was like, I still have the two Yusokis. When do you want me to attack? When do you want me to attack? And like, I, we were like messaging privately that entire match. I had so much fun during those episodes. It was so good. Honestly, yeah. these last three episodes were so awesome. They I had really so much fun. <laughs> it, so it made this entire, like, this campaign so much fun. Absolutely agree. And then, then Vari 13 was dragged out because I was like, what am I going to... So again, Vari 13 is in the book. I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys. I told John offline. In the book, Vari 13 is still at Junker's Delight this entire book. Mm. They are never in the field with you. Well, and then. so at the end of the game, you go back to Junker's Delight and you're like, hey, this is what we found. But I was like, no, I want Vari to be there. I want Vari... And I put Vari outside so I can have that final vision when the true warriors showed up and I wanted you to know the true warriors are outside. Makes sense. In the book, it says that riddle actually messages you You call riddle and say, Hey, we found stuff. And then riddle goes, Hey, but the true warriors are coming. You got some time, but you should probably stay still. Hmm. Paizo, I just okay. want to put this out there real quick. Like, if you need another writer, there's a guy called mm. Kevin Decker, and I feel like yeah, you should like yeah. reach out to him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So go, go ahead, Vinny. No thanks. Uh <laughs> how, how did we land on Home Alone? We were just talking we about We were talking about traps setting traps inside of uh, our our house, defending our yeah, castle. It was, yeah, it was excellent. Right. It was excellent. That that was just like one of those spur of the moment, like, yeah, of course. So what Jack what, what, what it was Home Alone. Was I had written the scene where the comms come in and Tez Tronin takes over the comms and, and tells you like, "Hey, we're coming in." I wrote that scene to interrupt the fight between Rolu and Thaddeus so that Rolu didn't die. Oh yeah, but the fight never happened. Rolu to die. So that would have fucked well, that's, up the whole timeline. <laughs> the whole time yeah. we we're please, please don't let Rolu die. As we're planning all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just say from the beginning. You, Kev, would be like, well, you know, like, Rolo can't die, we can't do this. And I would, I would you just had say, a, you had a plan. Yeah, I'd, well, I, he probably like, had like, something up his sleeve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. if he dies, okay. he dies. If it happens, it happens. I kept hearing that. And, and the Dotrulu fight being what it was, fing phenomenal. It ended out, it ended so cinematically. It left with, it left with Terme dead, or well, dying, and then. Chuck on Rolu's shoulder and Ter- and Thaddeus there. And John and I had so many conversations about this scene. And I kept telling John, like, oh, you he has the secret seal gem that I gave him, so he can just lock you guys in the room and yeah. use the seal. You could lock himself in the room with you because he also has the portal, so he can use the portal thing. And then I was like, oh, what if you lock the seal door? I was doing all this research about how how easy it is to break, break down a door. Yeah. Turns out it's fucking impossible. If you would have locked that door, you guys would have been stuck in there for a century. Oh my god. You're, no. Because it's the hardness is 20 and none of you guys hit harder than a 20. And yeah. so you guys never hit any damage on it and you didn't have a high enough inter- engineering check to get out of there. So I was like trying to figure out ways to get you out of there, which you never ended up using. And I took into account like, oh, what if about acid damage? Apparently acid damage in Starfinder doesn't do anything to a door. I was like, ah, losing my mind. And yeah. then that doesn't even happen because the three of you turned on him. 
<laughs> which, yeah, I, I, I have to say credit to Vinny and to Kev real quick, because up until then I was like, all right, Rolu needs to get the stone. Chalk has it in his pants. I need to get it. I'm going to start <laughs> making and negotiating. Cause I'm like, do I want to fight as a player? I don't know if we're like, if we really want to go to it, like we're okay with it, but like, do I want to do that? Because then I have to fight Testronin and then I lock you in there and then it's just me. And can I actually live? Cause I have one resolve point and then credit to Vinny and Kev who were like, okay, but also what does Chalk want? And I was like, you're right. It makes sense that Rolu, if uh, Rolu is no, going to move. I'm just, credit to just that, Vinny because okay, all I right. ever said, we'll I kept fight. telling John over and over again is your objective is to get out alive with yeah, the puck. You like, Whatever you have to do. And I was like, just fucking kill Vinny. Like, kill no, Chuck. Go. No, like, knock him out. Like, Corner him, knock him out, take Rude the take the puck and run. That's all you got to do. And yeah. that's why I didn't lock the door because I was like, all right, if this is going to be just Rolu, he's not a good person. If he, like, the only other, like, like crew that he feels like he is, like, working with as, like, part of his family that he cares about, he's not a cob just in name only. He, like, actually cares about the crew. And suddenly out of nowhere, he's going to be like, hey, yo, I want that stone. Boom, punch you in the face and leave or and then like lock you in there. No, he's not going to do that. So then I'm like, all right, great. I need to get shock on my side. Then once you were on my side, I asked you, I said, what do we do about them? I don't think they're going to follow us. And you said you were like, what do you mean? Like, I, I, I think it's fine. And that told me, all right, if I lock them in there right now, shock's not going to be on my side. And then I'm going to have to fight Shock, and that's not going to work. So maybe we need to actually try and get Terme on our side. That like, so that's why I didn't lock you in, and it it worked out. And so it frustrated cool. Kev. And that was that was exactly our conversation. <laughs> so uh, to to pull the curtain back even further, John and I had a conversation this morning about this exact moment. And we didn't script it. I just asked you, it. like, no, yeah, we we and we very explicitly didn't script it. it yeah, and, I wonder. And one of one of your questions was, hey. Do you want to talk about what I'm actually going to do? And Which was lock everyone in. Right. My response was no, because I want to react in real time. But and, the the yeah, the on. the lasting question was, what does Rolu want? Does Rolu want the stone, or does Rolu want Chak on his side? Does Rolu want the stone, or does Rolu want the rest of the crew on his side? Because this is not just. And and we'll we'll probably get to this in you know maybe five minutes. The Rolu getting the stone isn't just Rolu getting the stone. Rolu has a whole path to go, to 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 tread down after getting the stone to to from Chak. But the, the crazy thing though is like uh, like story arc wise from the very beginning of writing this story, it was hey this is a story of how Rolu got the stone. And gave it to hears like that is the story. That's all the story is. Like spoiler right. alert. Well, but you guys put so much more life into this, and you and Terme are such like Chuck and Terme were such wild cards in the scene that I had no idea where it was gonna go. And I'm like, I'm literally messaging John and Kelly because I had I and I I've been on <laughs> these just for the listener. I've been on these four for at least a month about this epilogue and how yep. we were going to do it. And I was like, I want you guys to have scripts. I want to know what you're going to say. I just want to know everything. And even the stuff that we finally got on paper, well, digital word docs was all thrown out the fucking window. Okay. The we got into the okay. To Which be we, fair, we all before we started of, this episode, yeah. I turned to you, Kevin said, Hey, by the way, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to have to throw all of this out. It quickly became apparent <laughs> that that was the case today. And, oh and <laughs> to Will and Kelly, 
thank you so much and and your your work was phenomenal. Having to juggle Absolutely. two different characters in one scene yep. is fucking yep. hard. Yep. And Absolutely. and you guys did so well. And Will, your your scene was completely blown apart when Chuck was like, No, I'm I'm not going back to the ship. <laughs> so oh. improv. I think thing. we was- we actually had to like pause. You were like, uh. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you took a minute, you thought about it, you figured it out, and you roll with it. Like it everything so that you hear, once we leave the stellar flare, like just for the listener, that is uh, like, that's all one take. That's a, that's a continuous yep. take. There's like a very slight, like, oh, let me just think, like, like, like pause for like a s- small break, whatever. But it's all one take. We didn't talk about it. We had a bunch of other ideas. Yeah, well, and it's like eighty percent unscripted. Yeah, so well, Kev gave us like sort of an outline of what he thought that would would happen <laughs> in our sort of and and in that one episodes. minute, I basically scanned through it. I was like, nope, 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 nope. nope, nope. nope, nope. <laughs> All right, let's let's yeah. do it. Let's pick it up. So, yep, Thirteen that's episodes. It. That's, that's it. It was amazing. And then the comment that I made after the episode still stands today. I am so thankful for this collection of individuals. Totally agree. Same. To go down this adventure on. Because the ending, the moments, the, 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 the goodbyes, the tension, the uncertainty, and then it just, it, it, it came together in a way that it, it could only could with us. Like just, just and I, beautiful people, beautiful minds. I was, I was actually really nervous because I was like, man, those those last two episodes with Dotrulu were so intense. There was so much character. There was so much just like energy. How are we going to keep that up? And you guys, you guys fucking delivered. It was yeah. amazing. Which, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about very early on when I first joined the cast was how we tend to lean toward humor because that's what we're all good at. Um, and so I, w- I want to take a, since I think we're doing this now, uh, I want to take a particular moment to thank Kelly for like going with me on that really dramatic, like, oh yeah, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Which for the listener, Dude. I missed that because I went to pee. <laughs> 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 like, you can it? listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you can listen Thanks, to it. Kelly. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, following up with Vinny, like that was that as Kelly, the way that I, it was so hard for me to say no to Vinny, to say no to shock. I was so tempted to just be like, yeah, it would be fun to go on an adventure and do something new and like whatever. But, uh, but that it couldn't do it. Thaddeus, there's just no way to do it. Uh, and also knowing like, now that Thaddeus had this ulterior mission sort right. of. Since from the Captain. very beginning, I was like, yes. Thaddeus was put here by one of the high pirate council members, the Commodore, and uh, he, um, who is also the narrator of the beginning. Who we found out of uh, at the yeah, very end, beautiful the beginning and ending of our uh, of our beautifully show, our played episodes. You hear, um, you know, unknown treasures, that whole thing. That's him. But like, unknown yeah, treasures. that's that's the guy whose ship was attacked by whose ship was like invaded by heroes and. And the crew and everything. So well, and and John didn't know. Still, John doesn't know this. He just learned this today that the this is a character in his campaign. So (laughs) dropping bombs, great thumb, big thumbs up. But yeah, Uh, uh, Will, you had said that you wanted to talk about the end. Did you just mean you just wanted to talk what we're talking about now? Oh yeah, or or was there something? uh, The the whole. I mean, do we want to say the thing that was on me and Vinny's mind as oh, we yeah. did Rolo's epilogue? <laughs> oh, That's what I want to know. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, so let's get to that. So, so much. Yeah. 
Whew. Okay, so oh, yeah. you guys left the Stellar Flare. We had the whole conversation with everybody outside. You guys walked all of them out. The biggest thing is, like, again, I scripted something with, with uh, Kelly privately that I was like, man, when is this going to pop up? And it wasn't until after I got back from peeing and you girls like, hey, we had this big heart to heart that that we were like, oh, this is this is the opportunity. And then then it was like, well, the whole scene at the bar with drawing the gun and like, holy sh! And the misfire yeah, the and the spell jam. Oh and my the, god! The, the diversion. Waiting, waiting for them to leave. Like the, the, the this whole like we're all yes. just looking at each other, knowing it's going to happen any second. And, and yeah, all oh. completely unplanned. And as as the GM yeah, that was trying unplanned. to orchestrate all this, I was like, yeah. John, when are you going to do your scene? When are we doing your scene? Um, how are you going to get away? And then that happened, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that was totally that was totally improvised on everyone's part. Like it did not go at all how we planned. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. And then we yeah, and then we cut to we cut to this beautiful uh, thing with Thaddeus and the narrator that that no one had any idea about, which was fucking incredible. It was awesome. And then we cut. And then we cut to uh, and then yeah, and then we cut to Rolu and and Chalk and Terme leaving. Well, and which, so Rolu's Rolu's script was written just for Rolu. The idea yeah, was, was he was going to leave the ship. And the original plan for Rolu was he was just going to dart out of there during the Dotrulu fight. He was talking about abandoning you guys that far back. Uh, and I was like, I kept telling John, table, like, no. But I was like, as a player, that doesn't feel right. No, Kev, you wanted me to do it. You were like, go, go, uh, go. And I, I was, was like, I don't want to leave you in the middle of this BBG. Like, as a player, that, that's just That's cool. also a like, dereliction of your duty. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like, yeah, and like Rolu does care about his crew. Like, he doesn't want to do that. Eh, I so. guess so. That's really, okay. Really cool. Thanks. I, yeah. I, I think I. Wow. I know okay. you care wow. about. The, Whoa. I don't. I don't, don't want to gloss over this. This is this is Thaddeus and <laughs> Kelly telling Rolu that he's not a total piece of. Shit. Well, Still a piece of shit. I know Probably that you care right about the crew of the Knaves' Revenge, which is the ship with Hears and Sheer and all that, whatever. Man, and, the Caduceus, the and the Caduceus. This, this could be, unless, unless because you plan things out way in advance, John, uh, we're going to find out something later that I don't know about. Benny, <laughs> but like, yeah. What? Which, the last line where I say sell, or one of the last lines, I say sell all my paintings. <laughs> yeah. I have more. Okay, I'll, I'll talk the about way this. Okay. I want to hear you guys' thoughts. That it sounded... <laughs> the, 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 you outside the ship with us in it conveniently right. yeah so like this is this is what's happening like in the voice track in the chat will and i are like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> are we gonna like lose a kidney like what is ha- are we just being sold to whomever what is this ship going to self-destruct like there is very little. Chuck believes Rolu is is what happens. And so now like Chuck has feel duped. rose-colored glasses. <laughs> like we're gonna go save the universe as a player. Not Vinny like character. is like, right. oh no, I just got <laughs> fucked by John. I yeah. spent a lot of time in the past hours since 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 that happened, being like, what do I say? Do I comment on this? And John even asked if he could re-record that, and we were all like, nope. I was like, I, I have this thought. Maybe this is a little better to can say. And you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna gonna put my game face on. Just like as an observer, like I, I was just like listening to like they're just pulling up. It's a very beautiful like you know like quiet ish moment. Like Rolu's like you know meeting these new people. They're pulling into the pull, ships pulling out, 
and then like uh and then i just see in the chat ping 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 it's just like Vinny yeah. and like will being Lighting like up. why do i get the sense that i'm about to be ben's bamboozled where i'm about to get fucked oh my god we shouldn't have trusted him like over and over and over <laughs> so they're just God. just like in their uh, panicking slowly dying inside and then yeah. That would and be then, hilarious. And then Thaddeus would have been right the whole time. And, and the truth is, we don't know. All we know now is that you guys are on the ship with him after he made that comment, and then he ends up dead trying to give the stone to Hears. What happened yeah. in between? We don't know. And remains yeah, what to be happened seen, to maybe. Shock and Tremaine. This is this is the worst part for me as both a cast member and a player and an audience member. There are so many, and one of the things I look forward to this plot armor is we get all the questions answered. Everything's tied up with a neat little bow, and we still, except that, yeah, don't know if we can trust John. <laughs> Sorry, John is the outlier. <laughs> I've been, I'm deep in that three four conspiracy. Bro. Oh I am, God. I am living that life. Three four conspiracy. I am about that life right now. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's 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 throughout the entire. Uh, Extended universe of will save now. My God. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that final message that, that he records to your yeah. conspiracies. That is, Where is that, heard that is that word for word what, what's in the threefold conspiracy, right? Like the message that's left for years. I'm trying to remember. Why is John smiling? F- eating God. grin right now. So this yeah. so when I when I when I first started talking to John about this this whole game, I, my thing was we ended the last episode of um, of book two with the message from Rolu, I believe, right? And then we lead into it with a message from Hears to Rolu. And so I wanted to end this game with a message from Rolu back to Hears. And it was the message that he sent him. Right. But now, now I'm questioning everything. I've always questioned John from the very beginning. Since he was GMing yeah, threefold, threefold because you never know yeah. what he's up to. Yeah, never know. Never know. You but never know. Yes. You'll find well, out. Well, that is that. all so, of Junker's Delight for you. I'm sorry it took a whole uh, 40 episodes longer than it should have. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the four of you guys for playing. Seriously, I know I whined and, and moaned so much, but I, I don't hate GMing nearly as much as I say I do. Oh, really? It is it yeah, is overwhelming, but I might try yeah. again in 10 years um, when my kids are old enough to... <laughs> you need to go on a long vacation. Uh, yeah. from jamming yeah. <laughs> until you get yeah. that itch until you get the itch yeah you're it's, fantastic at it's it, okay you but can... i am super excited to hop back into the role of rick 19 or rick oh rick i can't wait yes i can't wait to I see do. what dr okay's into next i'm ready so well, i've forgotten you. how to do a scottish accent <laughs> you got Irish some, accent. Yeah. you got a week to figure it out and thank you to our listeners Thank you to Jason Jason Keeley for joining us, for writing this, for just supporting it. Thank, Thank you to you, all of our fans. Thank you to the paralegals. Thank you to Adam Woo. and Jeremy. Thank you to everyone. Uh, Thanks, Leslie. Thanks, uh, uh, Taco Monk. <laughs> I don't know. You Thanks guys Taco know who Monk. you are Thanks, on Finder. Discord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crowd. You Absolutely. all are fantastic. Stay tuned yep. for uh, for more. next. Yep. For more. For John shit. John's oh bullshit. And oh who knows? Maybe there will be something to see uh, pretty soon. See you next time. <laughs> something to see. Ooh. Next time. Amazing. Save. Drift beacons and distant stars. Drift, Drift beacons, beacons and distant stars, y'all. Uh, distant stars.